Cheers, y'all. So I don't know how this is going to go today. We'll see. Well, 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 well. There it is, everybody. It it, it, it worked. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program known as Smoking and Toasting. Uh, it's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Uh, we are here for show number 172 uh, with Barrel Bourbon in the studio. Barrel Bourbon and Spirits, actually, which we'll get to in a moment. We're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston. And in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, BB Italia on Memorial in Houston, and BB Lemon on Washington Ave, and the Annie Cafe and bar on Post Oak Boulevard in Houston and a new location coming to the restaurant group soon. I mean, they're they're growing super fast. So it's, A new location. It's awesome. I haven't even heard about that one. You yeah, know about uh, that before, I, dude. I don't know that much about it yet, but it's coming. It's nice. coming. So, uh, so welcome to the show. I am um, uh, sitting tr- kind of further away from the other two because I've got a little cold working, so that's why my voice sounds weird. You sound weird. a little better than you did when I saw you earlier today because earlier I was like, Hey Cruz, what's going on? You're like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, well, I was I was working on, you know, um, my wife often says that she likes it when I try to talk in that sort of Barry White style voice. You got a little so bit of that going. Anytime on right I've now. got a cold, I'm always working that. You know, yeah. <laughs> tell me a secret. You know, uh, that that type of thing. So, um, but anyway, welcome to uh, welcome to the show. We are very excited today because Jessica Kearns is with us. She is the brand development manager. Do I have that right? Correct. Uh, for uh, Barrel uh, Bourbon and Spirits. And um, so we'll ask you, what exactly does a brand development manager do? We'll we'll get to that question. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to be tasting. She's brought like seven different spirits. So I know. There's bourbon. Awesome. There's um, there's uh, uh, there's a rum and uh, then some whiskey. So uh, this is all very exciting. And we're going to taste some pretty uh, awesome beers, or at least we hope that they will be awesome. Uh, from uh, Baltimore, Maryland, Stillwater Artisanal Brewings Goza Gone Wild. Goza Gone Gone Wild. Wild. Yeah, excited about that. And Eighth Wonder has put out a hazy IPA. Eighth Eighth Wonder from right here in uh, in Houston. It's called Cloud Eight. Of course, (laughs) that makes sense. Uh, So we're excited about that. I have not tried it, so I'm looking forward to that. And then Ian has brought along from uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, Tumble Root Brewing's Smash. It's a whiskey barrel aged. Barley wine, and we were actually supposed to taste this last week, but he forgot to bring it. So. I forgot to bring yeah, it. So uh, that but, was my fault. But it's here this week. That's all right. We we enjoyed a great Imperial Stout, the uh, Big Black Voodoo Daddy, which yes, was awesome. there was nothing wrong with that. Uh, so lots going on in the world of uh, cigars and spirits and uh, craft beer. Um, SpaceX has launched Malt into space. We have uh, we we applaud their effort. How does Malt develop or age in space? I guess is. Uh, is the uh, the theme of that space malt? I just wanted to point out that um, I'm pretty sure, even though I'm nursing a cold here, I'm pretty sure that I don't have the coronavirus, and that's important because I actually haven't had a corona in several years. So that's yeah, yeah. And the reason I bring that up is some people actually believe that they are related. And there's a whole story about that that we can share with you. Some people think a coronavirus is something you might get from from drinking a corona with lime. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll share that with you. And um, there's a uh, great 
uh, site that I love going to on the internet, Cigar Journal. Uh, they have gone through all their cigar ratings from 2019 and pulled out the ones that they that scored really high that they feel like are the best buys. So best best buys for the money. So we're looking forward to. Uh, uh, chomping into that list a little bit because that's going to be a good list. One thing, the only thing better than smoking a great cigar is smoking a great cigar that you don't that you feel like don't spend a whole lot. Yeah, for. you didn't spend a whole lot for. So, uh, so that is a good thing. I don't know how much you spent, Ian, but I'm assuming that you may have a, um, uh, a, a something interesting that you smoked this week to report. I do. On. I, I went by the casa this morning and um, I picked out a couple cigars. I love their they have it. They have an end cap at. Uh, Casa de Monte Cristo, which is usually yes, new, yeah, and uh, stuff like that. Always nice. fun to check out. Um, so uh, I, I walked in and uh, found a couple things. Uh, the Oscar Valdez Wild Hunt is what I picked out today. Nice. Uh, I've been a fan of Oscar Valdez. I like you a are a fan of their cigars. Yeah. Superfly was a is a really that's nice, a great yeah, it's a great cigar, mm-hmm. and a, and it's a good price point. I'm pretty happy with those overall. So uh, I picked up this Wild Hunt. It was a really nice looking cigar. It was uh, kind of a light brown, semi rustic uh, on the outside with some veins. Uh, reasonably firm overall, feel wise. Um, it looked really nice. It had a, a kind of a uh, what do I say? Kind of a Bubba looking label on it with the <laughs> Bubba with the trees label. and stuff like. It had almost a real tree kind of label to it. <laughs> Interesting. If you if you know anything about yes. hunting culture, you know what that means. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't, uh, it's kind of camouflage looking. Anyway, with orange, bright orange, because you must wear bright orange when you wear camouflage so that people can see you because you're wearing camouflage. So doesn't that ruin the whole camouflage? You know, no, it doesn't, and I know why. I saw something about this recently. Deer can't see that color. Right. Okay. It comes across kind of like a, a murky brown to them. Right, right. I get that. So why wear camouflage in the first place? Why wear camouflage? If, if deer can't see color. Yeah, you could wear why all Why wear orange. camouflage in the first place? Well, just to hide from Dick Cheney would be the only thing I can think of. Because <laughs> he may be out there with a rifle and you may be you in to, danger. You need to not be on the wrong side of Dick Cheney. That's, <laughs> that's what's right. going on. That's, that's exactly. a message, sir. Yeah, that's, yeah, apparently so. <laughs> apparently so. So anyway. Uh, that was his best friend, by the way, <laughs> that he shot. So if he'll shoot his best friend, do not you argue. and I would have no chance. Do not argue with Dick Cheney. Wear the camouflage. <laughs> So the uh, the pre-light sniff on this, it was a little light on the nose. I didn't get a whole lot of it. wasn't like super fragrant cigar on the nose uh, before I lit it. Uh, I got a little bit of leather, a little pepper, and a little spice uh, going on, especially on the very end of the cigar, the open uh, foot of the cigar. Um, I used a punch on it. The draw was medium on there, uh, and I got flavors of uh, notes of uh, leather. Citrus. This citrus in the cigar. Citrus. That's not a common cigar. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was a yeah. little taken aback by that. It was very citrusy, and uh, and some uh, earth uh, kind of uh, notes in there too. The initial light on this was huge citrus. Wow. Yes, I even put orange peel in question mark there, and it was a delightful flavor actually. You, so mean, you really like it? Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Uh, and then it it kind of had some white pepper backing it up with some campfire kind of notes going on, which I mean this was this is so opposite from what I usually smoke. You know, I'm usually about the the big ring gauge uh, Maduros mm-hmm. and uh, things like that, which are usually chocolatey and peppery and uh, and coffee flavors. This this was none of those things really. It had some white pepper flavor going on. The first third of the cigar, 
Citrus, some nutmeg, maybe some poppy seed kind of flavors going on. Leather, earthiness. That campfire was through there kind of back and forth. They were all playing around all through the first third of this. Uh, but it was it was an interesting ride on this uh, particular cigar because there's just so many different little things going on with right. it that made it a lot of fun. The second third of this, the pepper ramped up a little bit on it. Uh, and it's white pepper, so it wasn't like a real spicy, right. you know, on the front of the tongue pepper. It's more like the back of the palate. Um, kind of flavor just going giving on. you a little bit of that peppery yeah, heat. yeah just a little bit on the finish those kind of things but definitely present um, the sweet citrusy notes were just huge in this thing I really enjoyed it it was almost like a juicy cigar if that nice. makes any sense yeah <laughs> well if it's citrusy <laughs> so know? I I was smoking the cigar and I was thinking to myself I wonder if this cigar would go with an IPA just due to its complete, the citrus vibe. yeah the citrusy well, kind of things and, and that's a hard thing to find by the way it's a cigar that'll so go I'm with an IPA. I'm going to have to get another one of these and actually try it. Okay, you know even though I'm not a I huge have some, IPA fan, but I'm I have some have IPAs at my house. If right, you need one. we're going to have to make that a date. Then. Yes, I think it's so. It's a play date. I think so. I like it. I like it. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, so the, it had a nice solid ash. It had a little bit of an uneven burn. I had a picture on there that has uh, a picture of the burn up close, where you can see it's just a little bit uneven. I didn't tend it. I didn't bother with it. Uh, the last third of this, uh, the citrus moves back, making way for more leather and sweet nutty nutty kind of flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Some creamy pepper going on in the background, almost like you know, nice. like like like. Biscuits and gravy kind of peppery mm-hmm, kind of thing mm-hmm. going on. It was really nice. Uh, a little bit of campfire on the finish. Uh, overall, solid ash, perfect burn for the last service. I never tended it. The burn tended itself. Nice. It was a perfect burn at the end of the cigar. This cigar cost me uh, $9.50. I gave it a 5 and a half on the price to quality because, frankly, uh, at $9, 9 to $10, I expect it to be a good cigar, and right. it was. Absolutely. Um, but I didn't expect it to have the complexity that I uh, experienced with this and really, really enjoyed it. This came across as on the lighter side of medium. This was not a really full, super full-flavored cigar. So if you're into uh, the mild to medium cigars, even more on the mild side, this would be a good cigar for you because the pepper notes are there. But they're not super spicy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had that citrusy thing going through. It was really, really nice. It left your mouth watering a little bit. The campfire kind of uh, flavors kind of tempered that a little bit on the end and gave you a little bit of dryness, so it wasn't too much of one thing. I, I just, I really enjoyed the cigar, and it's it's, it's awesome. another Oscar Valderas you're, you're that I'll pick fan. up again and again. You're yeah, almost are, you're well, almost an Oscar fanboy the way I am an AJ <laughs> fan. I don't I don't know if I'm quite that dedicated yet, but I will tell you that. that uh, Oscar, like the the leaf by Oscar, man, <coughs> that Maduro is outstanding. But mm-hmm. the whole line is is uh, fantastic. That Superfly, I, I've enjoyed Love many that. many of those. Uh, plus, it looks awesome. And then this one, even though I actually think the label's a little bit on the corny side, is still kind of fun. Still, works, the cigar yeah. was outstanding. So you get a That's five point five on that one. And I, I was really happy with my selection. That's great. That's great. How about yourself, sir? Well, I thought it'd be time. For two reasons that I chose the cigar I chose uh, to talk about today. Uh, the first is that I have a cold, so I, I figured if I smoke something you know lighter and you know Connecticut, like I won't be able to taste. You won't it taste at all. anything. So I thought I, I want to go for something a little punchier. You're and like, then I thought, everything tastes like mentholate. Yeah, <laughs> Vicks Vapo Rub. Um, but I thought you know time to follow my own advice. We've been talking about this uh, for the last month or so about not forgetting the classic. Um, the classic cigars that have been around and that are that are still great 
and just always chasing after the latest boutique thing. Right. And I thought, you know, I'll follow my own advice. Smoke something that used to be a very regular part of my smoking rotation. So I got one of the classics, the Edge from Rocky Patel. The Edge. The original Edge in a uh, uh, Maduro torpedo. And uh, this cigar has a Costa Rican Maduro wrapper, a binder from Honduras, and an all Lejero blend of Honduran and Nicaraguan fillers. All Lajero, which is what I needed to kind of punch that, through the that cold makes it strong, and make yes. sure that I could taste it. So, uh, so I did. The strength of the Lajero tobacco, by the way, is balanced out really nicely by the sweetness of the Maduro wrapper. Yeah. Uh, and the pre-light on this baby was rich and earthy. Uh, some hints of the pepper to come. I used a straight cut, and I lit it, and as promised, here came the pepper. That is a great-looking um, cigar, by the way. It really is. It's just a beautiful cigar, and it's easy to kind of, like, forget about it because... You know, even Rocky has released so many cigars since this came out, you know. Um, so there's a certain flavor that really good Lijero tobacco has, and this had it, like, in spades. That and the pepper were the first things that mm-hmm. kind of hit my palate. Uh, but the sweetness of the wrapper, it kept it from feeling like it was too much, you know. It balanced it really nice, and a creaminess and a roasted nut aroma kind of weaved their way in and out of the cigar as it smoked. I was, quite frankly, amazed that I could actually detect that uh, <laughs> with the cold. Uh, overall, an amazingly smooth cigar for one that was this powerful. Now, make no mistake, this is not a medium, medium to full cigar. No. This is a full body yeah, full body cigar. cigar. Uh, construction was flawless, straight burn, no issues. I was thinking about this. Rocky Patel has blended some great cigars. I mean, you think about the ALR. Yep. Uh, you think about the 55, which may be my favorite Rocky. Oh, man. Uh, you think about the original vintage line, mm-hmm. the vintage 92 and 94. Those are some of my early, like, get me into really smoking the, cigars, cigars. The decade yeah. by Rocky the Patel. Decade, yeah. Oh, my God. But I'm going to say this to you now. If the Edge was the best cigar he ever made, we'd still call him a genius. Yeah. It's that good. Uh, basically, um, a seven to eight dollar stick, price to quality six. Those have been out for about ten years now, yeah. haven't they? And I remember they were originally around five to six dollars. Yeah, so yeah. they've gone up a little bit. But but I'm going to tell you, yeah, they've been out for a while. And they come in the store. They have them in those big old long yeah. boxes because they come in like hundred boxes, I guess. Uh, but man, is that a good cigar? And, and your man, score was what? You, uh, uh, six solid six, six. Nice. at at seven to eight dollars a solid six punching above its as, price point. as good as any nine to ten that that I've had so um so there you go my friends well it's you a know great cigar. Rocky Patel can can take tobaccos that strong and still make them balance right you know you can have a full flavored cigar with a lot of balance to it which some cigars don't accomplish that right right absolutely I'm going to mention also that um, I have a very short segment that I was able to capture uh, from my trip to Florida I went to Florida to see my buddy Dave who's been on the show oh, yeah. before uh, and he took me to this bar where you pour your own beer oh, what wow. a wonderful bartender idea. leave the bottle yeah yeah exactly That's just what makes me think of, exactly yeah, uh, and, so so I have a segment from that but also I wanted to show you this because the other thing that I did while I was in Florida, and, and Adam can uh, can put this picture up, is I actually rode in a pirate boat parade. Yarg. And rode alongside this ship, which I don't know if it's up yet on the uh, on the feed or not, but you'll see it here in, in a second. There's a little bit of a, of a latency. But uh, rode on this. I didn't ride on the pirate boat, 
because in order to ride on the pirate boat, you had to be dressed like a pirate. And you know, I'm committed, but not that committed. Uh, so I didn't, uh, I didn't actually. But I was in a boat, kind of alongside this, and they were firing the cannons, and we were drinking beer, and and uh, at one point I like uh, lit up a, a cigar, a Rocky Patel decade, uh, incidentally, and wow, it was just, it, it's called Gasparilla, and they do this every year in Tampa. I had no idea. Uh, I didn't so you know just what walked into this. Was. So I walked into this. And uh, anyway, what an experience for any of our listeners in the Florida area. I hope you guys enjoyed Gasparilla. It's basically their Mardi Gras. Nice. People are throwing beads and, and doing, the whole, uh, doing the whole thing. So I wanted to post a picture of a ship because it's not every day we have a picture of a pirate ship uh, uh, on the show. Yeah, I think we have rum on the show today. I think we, we do. do have rum on the show. So we will once again be trying to answer the question, and I have fresh experience on this. What do you do with a drunken sailor? That, that, that is the question yeah. to be answered. Uh, but overall, if you ask me how my experience was at Gasparilla, I would say it was marvelous. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was for my dad. Uh, the, the bad pun was for my dad. Nice. <laughs> uh, all right. So we have got some spirits to taste, and I think we want to take a break now and get back so we can get started uh, on this whole tasting thing. Really excited to have Jessica Kearns, the brand development manager for Barrel, on the program today. And uh, uh, these these just look delicious, don't they? They look Great. All right. So we'll and there's what seven different ones seven. up there. Yep. Yeah. So we'll get to some tasting. We got some work to do. Coming up next, it's smoking and toasting show number one hundred and seventy-two, and we will be right back. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, okay. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 171. we got Barrel Bourbon and Spirits uh, in the studio, and we are glad to welcome you back uh, to the show. I went to, uh, in, in the break, Ian, I went to the um, to the fridge to get uh, uh, some water because I've got this, you know, I don't want to, I'm trying to keep from coughing yeah, and, yeah. and stuff, right? So I went to get some water and discovered, now I don't stock the beer fridge here. And I know you were mentioning earlier that you know there there's was no a, beer in the beer there's beer. no actual beer. There's just some tecate and and, and other things. Um, but what I did not know is what is stocked. And I'm bringing this up because we sometimes get accused of liking everything. And uh, what is stocked in our beer fridge? And I was horrified. <laughs> the worst beer I've ever tasted. The Dos Equis Mexican Pale Ale. Um. It, it's in our beer it, fridge. Hold on a second. Isn't Dos Equis a Mexican pale ale? Well, okay, so <laughs> this one has to be designated as a mess. Oh, this is with citrus hops yeah. and a hint of heat. All right, so here's <laughs> here's the thing. When this beer came out, I was in the store, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, you know what? I enjoy a Dos Equis every now and then, and I love pale ale. I love Mexican lagers. I love, I love pale ale. This sounds like something I might like. I'm going to try it. Five of those beers got opened and poured down my drain. We never had this on the show. No, it's terrible. Sometimes right, you right. shouldn't put two I'm, good I'm gonna, things I'm going to smell though. this milk. You got a uh, bottle terrible. opener. I will. I will get you a bottle opener. I, I'm going to smell the milk. You want to take just beer. a little taste out of the top of it and tell me what you think? I'll, I'll do it. All right. Are you going to try this with me? I'll, I'll try it with you. Okay. So we got we got for science. But right we'll do it for science. <laughs> right. And See, by the way, I looked oh, in the fridge. Sorry. Here is your uh, smoking and toasting bottle opener. Oh, I awesome! Because I use awesome so many bottle openers. Look at this. Oh, 
I got some cups, Ian. Stand by. So if you don't have cups, I have cups. It's funny because when I walked to the fridge, I said, "There's no this beer." Is just for you, because I don't want any of this. Well, <laughs> like, it's excited. It's happy to see me. Yeah, it's all over the table. Uh, oh, great! Now, now everybody now gets to experience gonna, it. Now we're gonna smell the uh, the Mexican beer. That's I not th- a taste. I think it's the worst. Well, you don't have to drink it all. <laughs> I was I, like, Jesus, that's not a taste. I was I think trying it's to get the past the worst foam. beer I've ever had. It, is it really? Like, okay, so uh, we are about to try. The worst beer that Cruz has ever had. If I made a bottom ten list, <laughs> this would be at, at the. I know. I'm waiting for bottom. it to start spilling on my leg. All right, Jessica, <laughs> you've tasted it. Do, do you like this? I, I haven't tasted it. Oh, no. okay. I thought. Oh, oh, you rock! Thank you. Uh, yeah. There's um, so many things going on here yes. all at once. As it should oh, be. Okay, you. so definitely not the worst thing I've ever had. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'm. It's, it's um, maybe not I'm, the worst thing. I haven't tried it yet. Oh, thank it you. smells like nothing. Yeah, well, it, it if, just smells like a if normal. If only it tasted like. I don't nothing. even know that. I like mean, I could, I could finish this. This isn't horrible. So, see, like you know, there's. I oh, man, I really thought it was. I thought it was honestly. I drank half of one, and then five and a half bottles well, it of it went, up on you, went down the drain. Uh, there's. I think it's terrible, and there's something that's okay, coming out like on the back. So there's so little flavor at the beginning of this, and what's weird is it's a malty flavor. Yeah. At the beginning of this, um, and then it just goes away. It's like it's like a hint. It's like I, w- I just want you to think about a malt, yeah. but not really taste it. And then it goes away. And then there's a little bit of weird spicy heat Ugh. at the I don't end. Get any heat, though. That's kind of annoying. It's really annoying. I, I, I can't I can, drink it honestly. See, there, here's the thing: if there's a Bud Light in my fridge and it's the only beer there, I will drink it. You know. I'll drink a I'll drink a Michelob Ultra if if it's in my fridge and it's the only thing there, right? Oh, it builds. So what happens uh. is every subsequent drink, <laughs> that's what I was saying, is you get this nastier aftertaste that keeps yes. happening. Yes. yes, that's why I made it through half a bottle and then it's I was like, like on I'm the back done. of my tongue now. Yeah, and I can't. Right. Remember that. that remember that Budweiser Reserve that you brought? Yes. It does the same thing. I would much rather have the for, Budweiser Reserve. Except for the Budweiser Reserve was instantaneous. Yeah. I mean, it's this, not horrible. If someone oh, left horrible. it at my house, I could I could finish it off mm. if I needed it. All right. Well, I have some in the beer fridge that you're welcome to take home with you if you uh, if you think you could. Uh, I would say I would trade you, but that's not a fair trade. Uh, no, it's not a fair like, trade at all. This is this is this is almost flavorless with an annoying aftertaste. All right. That's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. How, how, can... how do you pull that off? <laughs> <laughs> I feel well, like it would like be if a you really don't have any flavor to begin beer. with. How do you have an aftertaste? Right. How do you have an aftertaste if you didn't if you didn't have <laughs> and a taste? How can you make that aftertaste disgusting? How can you make it an oh, aftertaste of something? Never taste. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it's making my mouth water in that weird like. All right, so don't drink any more of it because we want to move on to things that that you might actually like. So, uh, so uh, Jessica, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It is really nice to have you on board. First of all, what exactly does a brand development manager do? Because that's your title. I want to say everything. And how did you get that job? I want to say everything. Like we do everything. I got the job because I feel like I uh, I spent a lot of time studying bourbon and drinking a lot, and uh, that kind of paid off, I guess, in a good way. I love this because <laughs> I've been doing that kind of research for years. Right. So I and really like the idea. And I just like happen to be idea. lucky enough to be in the right place at the right I time. I really like the idea that it could pay off at some point. Um, yeah. I'm also very. Uh, mommy central organized kind of thought process like i i want to know everything very structured 
So for someone in a brand development manager role, um, that is something that you really need to have. Like you need to be organized. You need to be able to process multiple different things on multiple different levels and make sure that everything kind of is clicking so that from Kentucky to Texas to your fridge or your cabinets at home, everything can get there. So does this mean um, that are you involved with the creation? No. Of the, so once it's created... They bring it to you, and you're like, "All right, here's how we're going to present this to the world, basically, right?" Is Little that bit. is that is that Little accurate? Uh, not, I don't necessarily do the world. I do uh, Texas, New Mexico, and I help with, I think, four or five other states. Well, let's face it, this yeah. is the Texas most important part of is the world. actually yeah. bigger than four or five other states. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Combined. <laughs> that's well, right. that's why uh, if if you look at our our company, the way that we're structured, and then you look at um, my counterparts, Eva and, and Stephanie and Karen. It, it looks like they cover so much more than I do, and yeah. they their list of states is is twice or triple what mine is. But bless Eva's heart, she has twenty different states, but they're all like counties in Texas. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rhode Island's about the size of like New Braunfels, I think. Right. So, like, uh, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. So, um, well, so now Texas obviously is a huge state for whiskey and for bourbon mm-hmm. and so that alone I think would would keep you you know incredibly busy um, but do you how much of what you do is dealing with like retail accounts and how much of is doing you know publicity type stuff like like being here Stunts. I feel like Stunts. a lot more of it is is dealing with accounts and and our single barrel program and you know making sure that everybody has tried everything and that your store carries exactly what your store needs to carry. Um, I'm I'm not huge on every single store needs to carry barrel. Um, I'm huge on every single store that needs to carry barrel should have barrel. Now, how do you determine? Uh, okay, this is a store that needs to carry it. Um, a lot of times it's based on what you're currently selling. Right. Um, where you are, you know, market wise. And your demographics, things like that, and that's um, very neighborhood to neighborhood work. What right your and and what your what your employees like to sell as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. plays a lot into it. Because if your employees have no interest in bourbon, you having seven different SKUs of mine, they're just gonna sit there. Whereas you know, if if it's a store that all the employees like to drink bourbon, then they're gonna know about bourbon and be able to distinguish between all of them. And be able to sell them to everybody effectively. So, just kind of, there's a lot of factors that play into it. If your employees have no interest in bourbon, you need new employees. <laughs> if you have a liquor store, you'd think so. Yes. You would think, yeah, because <laughs> I mean, let's face it, it's only like the hottest category in spirits right now. I would also say that if you have a, a liquor store that sells mostly plastic bottles, that's probably not very demographic. <laughs> right. for well, that that could that could be bourbon. true. So, where where should we start in terms of tasting? So normally I have everybody start with the bourbons, which are okay. the orange topped ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought batch nineteen, twenty, and twenty one. I didn't want to bring you guys anything um, you couldn't find easily out in the market. Oh, so so you don't get to do Chris Hart's show then? Because that's <laughs> maybe what that's he, why he hasn't had me yet. See, is because I haven't brought why, anything. That's, that's why like, because you you uh, to be on his show it has to be a bourbon or a whiskey or a, that and we no have one like can that. find ever. <laughs> Ever. I'm just giving you a hard time, Chris. Whiskey Social coming up. Go for it. <laughs> That's buy your tickets. next Saturday. Buy your tickets now. We're very excited. All right, so should we start with the 19? Sure. All right, so start with that. I'm going to give that to you. We can pour it wherever you like, and uh, then we'll go back and try the Goza. I- I'm working on getting that uh, that 
Mexican pale ale uh, Dos Equis taste out of it. Yeah, it's still there. stuck there, and it's not yeah. pleasant. It's yeah. it's on the back of my tongue. Like, I feel like, you know when you're starting to get sick, and you feel that little stuff creeping from your throat to okay, your mouth? Okay, so why would you want that in a beer? I just I just <laughs> I like don't to point know. that out. Yeah. You know, here's, here's, the thing about, here's the thing about the world. There are enough people in the world to where somebody's going, God damn, this is the best beer ever. Mm-hmm. Have you I, tasted this? I, I have to meet that person Hold because I'm, beer. I'm really not sure that they actually exist. All right, so we are looking at a cask strength batch 19 uh, barrel bourbon. It's a blend of straight bourbon whiskeys. Um, what is it that we should know about this? So just baseline knowledge about barrel is everything that we do is sourced. We don't make any of our own distillate, meaning that we don't make any of our own juice or alcohol. Right, right. Um, we source from some of the best places all around the world, not just in America. And um, for the batch 19, it's nine and a half to 14 year Tennessee and Kentucky bourbons mm-hmm. that we blended together. A lot of our bourbons, you'll see the same age statements, the same states stated right. as where we sourced them from. But it could be different distilleries. It could be a different way that we blended them. And it's just really fun to progress through all the bourbons, right? And kind of see, you know, what the differences are between all of them. So, uh, in in with a nod to the whiskey tater to Wade, um, there's nothing wrong with blending. What gets people in trouble is when they're blending sourced whiskeys and they're not telling you that when they're not being transparent about yes. it. Yes, right. A lot That's, of people get very fussy with that. Right. I, to and, put it and I can and I can understand <laughs> because because if you're portraying it as you know, this is what we've grown. This is our own distillate. That's that's not cool if that's not what you did. But on the other hand, I mean, we talk all the time about the the cigar makers that we admire the most are the ones who do the best job of blending. It's not always about growing your own tobacco. It's about blending it properly let's, and let's getting the right in, result. Let's put it in restaurant perspective for a second. If you mm-hmm. go buy a sausage at a restaurant, do you think that restaurant actually made that sausage? Probably not. Probably they not. Might have, but it's not a not. bad thing that they serve it. So, right. in some ways, the the what you're talking about sourcing is much the same way. You're buying good ingredients, and then being a blender is got to be an amazing job to come oh, up wow. with these these I'm wonderful. I'm very jealous of Trev. <laughs> yeah, coming up with blender, these yeah. wonderful blends. That's my. And you have to take all these uh, sources, and if you're going to make, uh, like, I think it's it's got to be one of the toughest things to do. For instance, if you make the same whiskey over and over again now some places will do that some places go with hey we're gonna make what we make and mm-hmm. it may not taste the same as last year's but right but if you're gonna make the same whiskey over and over again a blender's job is to take constantly variable ingredients and create the same thing every single time but you can also take that from the other side and go okay here's what i have now what can i make out of this right which can equal some of the best quote-unquote meals that you can have absolutely you know? absolutely well this is this is really wonderful um yes. it's got a uh a great sort of roundness to it. It's got a uh, a nice um, sort of a cinnamony uh, a vibe on the finish. So the interesting really like. thing about this, when I take a sip, it's got this really pleasant kind of vanilla thing going on right at the front of the yes, palate. vanilla. About three quarters of the way through, you get a blast of heat and cinnamon, mm-hmm. and then it goes away, and then comes back with a really nice warm whiskey hug. Yes. It's really interesting <laughs> how it does all of that after one tiny and, sip. And when it does the hug, it's effectively saying, have some more. 
I am particularly fond of this whiskey for the fact that it has managed to get rid of the nastiness <laughs> of this dosakis. <laughs> like, it has eradicated it it's from not my like palate. I, it's not like I didn't warn you. Uh, I'll just say that. I, I did. I, I, I tried the bitter milk, so, or yes. the, the spoiled milk. Yes, yeah. yes, you did. So kind of what you, you were talking about just now, how um, as a master distiller you could go through, or a master blender, you could go through and make the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. That's something at Barrel that we don't. Right, right. You guys do the opposite of that. So we do the exact opposite. So none of our bourbon, when we blend it and bottle it, it never gets done again. So how much difference then should we expect between the cast strength 19, batch 19, and the batch 20? So with some of the bourbons going from 001 to 22, I think is what we now have here in Texas, Going through those, some of them are, I felt like, are very similar, mm-hmm. and then some of them are just worlds apart. Interesting. So it really just depends and on it just what depends was, how on, it was blended. Yeah, it just depends on how, I guess, Joe and Tripp and Will and everybody else at Barrel felt when um, they decided which batch was going to be next. So it makes it it makes it makes really actually kind of important. Like, I've been to two of your uh, Barrel bourbon tastings now, and that makes it really kind of important if you're trying that to go out and buy that one immediately if right. you really enjoy it. Right. Right, because it's not going to be around forever. But right? at the same time, you know, if we talk about the quality of it, you're still expecting the same quality even though the flavors may be different. So, can we find 19, 20 and 21 all in the stores right now at You should places? be able to, yes. Okay. Um, there's going to be some stores, of course, that have sold out of 19. Of course, yeah. You're going to have some stores that still have some of the older batches as maybe well, because maybe they don't sell the batches as well as the Dovetail or the Vatted Malt. This one so. is almost nothing like the previous one, <laughs> as this one has chocolate and honey. Well, you're so right. They almost couldn't, <laughs> they almost couldn't be more different. And and you were so right. It's chocolate like almost and immediately. And then honey following the palate, yeah, and almost yeah. no heat. And what's funny is if you look at the labels from batch 19 to batch 20, the only difference in the labels is that batch 20 reads that it's a 10 year instead of a nine and a half year. Mm. So if you're just looking at the labels, it's like, oh, it's six months older. It's going to taste the same. No, not at all. Not at and all. this is a 53% as well. Mm-hmm. How, man. So overproof and almost no heat whatsoever. How do the blenders do it? That's my question. Like, is it is it? Well, they're better at when I is try it, to make a mixed drink, that's for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, it, but is it mathematics or is it happy accidents when they really I feel like there's a combination on. of all of it. Yeah? I feel like um, what I like to tell everybody is that the people at our home base in Kentucky are like mad scientists. Sometimes it's actual science that goes Picture into Dexter's lab. figuring yes. out, you know, like in the in- instance of the infinite that we'll talk about later, and my there's probably a very specific algorithm to figuring out what can go into that next without ruining the whole thing. Yes. And then I feel like sometimes there's there's got to be times where Trip or Joe or Will are just sitting there and they go, Oh, okay, these two things taste great. Let's make this one. Yeah. Everybody hey, else try it. You this got is chocolate awesome. in my peanut butter. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you that it's so funny how different those are because that first one was the vanilla and cinnamon bomb. The second one is chocolate and honey with a pinch of vanilla on the beginning. Or caramel, maybe. I'm just A-B-ing them because I hadn't done them like right next to each other. And that's the fun part. Like That's what I always like for people to do. Like If you're going to go out and get a flight of something, I think there's multiple places in Houston you could do it. Austin, Dallas, the rest of the Texas. Um, I always suggest instead of you getting different variations of the barrel, ask them if they have different batches. 
right. and then try them back to try back. the different batches. I, I a just, lot of people don't think about that because they think, oh, I'll try the bourbon because that's the way <laughs> yeah. a lot right. of places and then I'll try work. The, but, yeah, right, the, but you're talking about batches of bourbon, so you have, what, three different bottles over there that we're going to try, and they're all the bourbon, but since they're from right. different batches, they're all going to be vastly different. I just want to say, if you like honey, this may be the most delicious honey flavor in a bourbon I've ever had. It's, it's really, just, really good. It's, it's just a chocolate really and honey kind of yes, thing. Yes, yes, chocolate really and honey, which sounds like a, a wonderful thing. Okay, so we've got a lot to do on the show today, so I want to move through fairly rapidly. Ian, the Goza Gone Wild is turning on Mr. Twirly Gig. Uh, this is from <laughs> Stillwater Brewing in Baltimore, Maryland, and this should be interesting because this is going to have some sourness to it. If I am not mistaken, it's a goza that was made with retinomyces. This is going to be interesting because it's probably not going to taste very good at all with the <laughs> bourbon. <laughs> it's not something we would we would use as you a would, palate cleanser, huh? Well, you could. I would recommend maybe using the pale ale as a power uh, as a palate cleanser, but that might not be. But a I don't know because it coats your palate as well, <laughs> yeah, so it's like yeah, not. No, I, it, that doesn't cleanse. Cleanse is the wrong word. Right. Destroy. It cleans, cleans, Destroy starts. is the word. Uh, so just as Ian's pouring that, I'll just mention the first one was batch nineteen. That was the vanilla and cinnamon, and the uh, the second one was batch twenty of the cask cask strength barrel bourbon, and that was the honey bomb with with uh, chocolate. So. How many are you pouring? Yeah, little. Oh, we, uh, we pour some oh, for okay. our. Uh, yeah, we'll pour some and pass over to our uh, uh, to our producer. Yeah, if we don't if we don't give him plenty to drink, then he starts asking for a raise. Yeah, and we certainly don't want to do that because we worked for essentially we, we nothing want, now. Yeah, we don't, we don't want that on his radar. <laughs> double, <yet. laughs> double your salary. Uh, all right, so let's see. Palate cleanse uh, as much as you can, maybe just mentally. Oh, this is really fruity. It's very fruity. It smells like. Citrus I'm kind of scared. Now that you said it's not going to go well with the first. No, it's I'm probably scared. not. But after the first sip, the like anything that's a sour should pretty much. Destroy oh yeah, it'll what it'll obliterate the whiskey almost immediately. Uh, um, so just don't taste the first sip. Actually, the first sip's pretty. No, darn see, good. this is mm-hmm. what this is what I like to wow. drink when I drink bourbons, though. Like yeah. if I could sit at my ideal bar, I would drink something like that, and then different batches. It of bourbon. doesn't really because this it doesn't, doesn't really clash that. Yeah, no, it really does with the bourbon. It's just so, completely different. So, Ian, uh, help me here. This is a goza uh, with retinomyces, and I'm not. Is that normal for a goza? Nope, I didn't think so. But because I can taste a little it's of a that. Four point three by alcohol or mm-hmm. four point three by volume. Sorry, by alcohol. Um, have I been drinking? Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe <laughs> I haven't had that just, much. Just you wait. Uh, That's literally all it says on here. It doesn't have anything else going but on. But it does say. I think if you turn the can over, you'll see at the bottom of that uh, the red part there. If, if, if turn back over to the red part, read all the way to the bottom. It just says uh, fermented with Brettanomyces. Yeah. So it doesn't tell us too much about how it they do it. Tell um, us much about it at all. Uh, this, I, this is delicious, by the way. It's, yeah, it's I'll tell you. I tell more you what tart you, than sour. Well, it's salty. Mm-hmm. It's very salty um, and citrusy. I'm becoming a big fan With of the sour. Goza. I like gozas. I do like yeah. gozas. This actually is working pretty well as a palate cleanser too. Yeah, I'm I'm liking it. I'm, I'm not mad at it. It's not. It's tart, but it's not real. It's not real sour. It's it's definitely salty though. Like this. This in the summer by the pool, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ice cold. It's got a saltiness to it in the in the same way. It's not the same flavor, but in the same way that you know how when you have a really good margarita, 
and it has, and I'm not talking about salt on the rim, but it has that just that little flavor. bit of saltiness yeah, yeah. to the flavor, and you're like, ooh, ooh, makes you want more. That's that's kind of how I would describe this. It's really good. I really want to get one of those like beer licks that they put on the side of the cans and the bottles that you can buy at, like Specs or Total or anywhere now. What is a it's beer like lick? A, it's, so it's like a candy strip mm-hmm. that just has like salt on it. That way, oh, it's gotcha, kind of like gotcha, it, it's made it where it's easy to, you know, basically like the the rim on the margarita kind of idea. Mm-hmm. But it's a piece of candy, ah. so like you lick it, then stick it onto the can or the bottle, and then you get a little bit of extra sugar or or how about that? It's got that chilada seasoning too. They come with those. Like I really want one of those with this. Now, do you and like just, like overgo salt? We were talking about this last week that neither of us can really even stand the michelada. Are you a Michelada there's, person? There's a time and a place for it. And I feel like it's always when I'm hungover. What about when it's pre-mixed in a can? I was going to say when I'm, when I'm really drunk. From pre-mixed Budweiser. in a can is probably the worst way to have it. <laughs> that's if the only I, way I've actually If it's had like it. in a pinch and I want one right now, that's the best way to have it because it's already in the can. But then I have to doctor mine would, all up. But where all would right? you go for a Michelada that you I would wanna... really like? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I got something to say after this. There's so many good places that I've found for Bloody Marys. Yeah. In Houston, that I've kind of not been so much towards. Have you Michelada had the one from the volcano? Here? I haven't. Oh man, this is so good. Go get Bloody a Bloody Mary? Mary from the volcano. Uh. Comes with basically a meal on a stick. Too. I love. That I place. love that. Where oh, it's yeah. like you have a yeah. whole batch of appetizers it's, on top. Yes, absolutely. I've seen also, like, so many good shows. That's pretty amazing. Uh, awesome. Well, um, okay. So what a segment. A All right. So I, I want to. I want to point out. Okay, you know, yes. there's the. Uh, I don't know if this is across the country or if this is a Texas thing, but you know, there's that whole. Um, Everyone takes a, a crappy beer and sticks it upside down in a margarita. Yeah. The beer arita. Right. Can you imagine that with this? Would probably actually taste pretty amazing. Oh. You know it might. A beer Get arita. Get a nice frozen. And I'm not, got the I like of this, this beer by itself. Yeah. Right, right. But I mean, you mentioned Does margarita. Does it come in a bottle, earlier. though? Yeah, well, I mean, no. You'd you probably can't have really to put mix a can. It. You'd have to pour it into your own bottle. Yeah, See, there you go. I, just, I'm just going to go back to well, this. Well, you can I'm, dump out all the Dos Equis <laughs> and use those bottles, <laughs> I guess. Right? I don't want it. Dos Equis comes in useful. near a container that has held that swell. <laughs> I really don't. But uh, I will go back to my uh, plea for bottles to return. Come on, bring them. Mm-hmm. I love beer in bottles. Cans. Your beer is just uh, not. I know. It, I it know. doesn't get. This is. doesn't get. Compromise. This is so this is big of an argument as we've had, except for that one time about the IPA. That IPA was gross. That's why it I had was, an no. That about IPA it. was delicious. Is what it was. Well, I mean, some people have taste, and then there's you. <laughs> <laughs> and with well. that, and with that, we'll, well, but uh, but I'm loving this bourbon. So what does that say about me? Can we not? Yeah, it doesn't over go the bad bourbon, with though? the bourbon either. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, it brings out chocolate. Yeah. And almost a little cinnamon in that. So in an interview, oh, you're right. That, I'm getting a little more. In an interview that Trip did um, yes. one time, somebody asked what the his favorite palate cleanser was. So I always use that as a fun fact about Barrel. Um, the unofficial palate cleanser of Barrel Craft Spirits is Mountain Dew, <laughs> because Mountain Dew. like well. it's it's such an off put flavor yeah. profile of yeah. everything. Yeah. 
It's, it'll, it'll cleanse the palate. It cleanses right. the palate of anything that could possibly be the flavors that are in bourbon. If I'd had like, it, I would have offered it to you after this uh, Mountain Dew doesn't actually have a flavor. It just says citrus. <laughs> yeah. But it. have you ever tasted a citrus that is Mountain Dew? Like, <laughs> no. Have you ever just no. bit into any sort I've, of citrus? I've never had that fruit. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and, <laughs> and gone, man, this is what's in Mountain Dew. What it fruit is this? Exist. Right. This is the Mountain Dew fruit. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Next segment, we got more to taste. Uh, we will taste um, expression or uh, batch number 21. And uh, then I think we're getting into some of the whiskeys, correct? Mm-hmm. All right, uh, so that's coming up. Plus, uh, we will taste an IPA. Maybe Ian will like it. Uh, it's from our <laughs> we'll friends. See. It's from our friends at 8th Wonder. Hey, they Brian, have a new Brian pointed out that I said the IPA was mud. I didn't say it was really gross. I was just doing that for drama you, today. Yeah, that's right. You said it was meh. Yeah, that's what Meh. you said. Meh. So we'll we'll get back to that. Um, uh, I can't help it if you don't know a good IPA when you drink one. <laughs> so we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. This is delicious. It really is. This is, I'm not this mad is. at that. I thought I was. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. It's the program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and. Um, hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Man, do they know how to do a steak at those guys are awesome. Butchers. They really do. I mean, it's just... Um, you've talked several times about the dry, the dry age thing that they do and how it's really, really tough to duplicate that at home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... You know, Frank, I've had friends that have done the dry aging of a steak at home and stuff like that, but you gotta have room, and then you gotta have the <laughs> You got to have the whole like motivation to actually do it, which sometimes I lack. So it's, you know, sometimes having someone that's really good at it do it. Well, when you, you can go, go buy that steak, buy B and B, buy that steak, mm-hmm. aged but raw, and take it home. Well, we, you know, or you can go we and talk have about them the food at B and B Butchers, and we always talk about it because it is a restaurant, but it's B and B Butchers shop. They have a butcher right. shop, a, a real, a real deal butcher, butcher shop, shop yeah. in front, mm-hmm. and so you can walk in and get. Amazing. Now you're not going to go find, you know, Chuck steak there. It's not happening. That's not what you're going there for. But, uh, but if you're if you literally go, I'm having a special night. I want the best steak that I can buy. Then that's where you go, and you can take it home, and it will be the best steak you've ever cooked. And now you're because hungry. you're starting with the best ingredients that you can possibly get. And they, they will go ahead. I'm sorry. They also have. In the refrigerator there, they have the Chef Tommy's Bacon Kit, so you can oh, make wow. Chef Tommy's Bacon at home. Have you had the Chef Tommy's Bacon at B&B? It is so good. I would divorce my husband if it, I couldn't eat it ever again. <laughs> it's it that good. so like, good. Yeah, it, it but is, they have the kit. Yeah, you can make. If you're telling me I could make that at home, well, yeah. well, you talk about okay. So if you're a guy, single guy. And you got a hot date, and she's coming over to your house. Go over there and get the Chef Tommy's bacon kit, and then tell her it's just a little something man, you whipped the up. The Chef Tommy's bacon. You are golden, <laughs> my friend. You're oh, going man. to hell. Better than hell. But you're it's golden. You're golden. More yeah. effective than a Long Island iced tea. That's all oh, I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, it is. It absolutely is. <laughs> well, welcome back to the show. We are. Uh, this is an interesting one because we've got a lot of tasting to do. But I love those shows. Yes. Those are my favorite shows where we have a lot of tasting to do. So let's jump right into the next. Now, we tried two of the different uh, batches of barrel bourbon. We tried the 19 and the 20. We found them to be wildly different uh, from each other. And now we have moved on to the 21. How how long is it between releases of batches? So between that is actually like 20 something and that's my job. Oh, okay. Uh, we try to do... 
our goal for this year, for 2020, is we're going to do four different releases. So like one a quarter, basically. Huh? But um, I actually figured out this past year, I get a lot of say in when we bring in the new stuff. So um, if everybody wants to yell at me that Batch 22 was not here early enough and you could buy it in other states, that's fine. That was my fault. But I wanted to wait until after the Why holidays. Why can't I buy so Batch 22? Batch 22 is here now. Okay. You can buy it now. But I had I had some grumpy emails and Facebook messages that yeah, yeah. I was in Kentucky and I can buy it there. And, and I'm like, cool, did you buy it while yeah, you were there? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't Kentucky. Um, but what's wildly different about the Batch 21 is it is, again, just like the label on the Batch 20, it's a 10-year because um, we have to put the minimum age on it, of mm-hmm. course. So it's 10 to 14. But this has Tennessee, Indiana, and Kentucky in it. So all those people that were grumpy and knew we were buying MGP this whole time, this has your MGP in it. Well, I'm not really that fond of anything that has to do with Indiana, but boy, this is delicious. I mean, Axl Rose was from Indiana. Well, all right, I'll give him a pass. And yeah. I mean, 20 years ago, I would have been into Axl Rose. <laughs> <laughs> like, like half the people listening to our show are going, "Who?" Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is vast again, vastly different from the uh, previous two as well. Yes, it is. It, honestly, these three uh, different expressions almost couldn't have been more different. From to me, other. this this has a much higher mineral profile to the flavor. Um, this is a very much more traditional. I was just about to say, it's a more traditional whiskey taste, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. But, but everything about that is good. Mm-hmm. Like this, it's not. It, that doesn't make it ordinary. Uh, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. It's got its real, and you're right, Ian. Much more minerality to it. Um, but what a great flavor profile! You, you get just, a little bit of that barrel char too. That mm-hmm. uh, the other ones, I think there's enough sweetness in the other ones to cover that up. But since this is a little more mineral. Uh, flavor and a little less sweet overall. You get a little more of that char wow. from the barrel kind of flavor as well. All of these are good. If I was going to pick a best out of three for my palate, I would say the second one that we yeah, tried. Yeah, the, the second one I think is my absolute going, favorite of the three, but yeah. they're all delicious. And that's what I love all about delicious. all the bourbons is I'll have people online tell me all the time, I don't like anything barrel. And I'm like, you literally sat down and you tried everything and you, you found nothing. Next time I'm in town... I'm sending you a message. I'm going to bring everything in my trunk. I'm going to make you try a shot of everything. And you can then tell me you don't like barrel. <laughs> and I haven't had one person that took me up on it didn't, that didn't find didn't something. find something they liked. They yeah. liked. And it's, it's because everything is so different. Like, I can understand you don't like the Dovetail, you don't like the Infinite, you don't like the Vatted. Those are actually our three kind of core products that we try to make a little more consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, even though all of those are different every single time we batch them. But if you just don't like the bourbon, well, you didn't like that particular bourbon. Right. It's not like all of our bourbon tastes the same. Well, you know, and you it's... You need to try all of them. I think, I think the idea that there's a difference from every batch to every batch um, is kind of fun, even when you're trying to be more consistent. You know, when you're trying to be consistent on, on a specific line, but you know there's variations, it's like going to your favorite restaurant and their salsa is always good, but some days it's more spicy and some days it's more mm-hmm. garlicky, right. you know. But it's always good. Um, these other ones are vastly different from each other, but that's kind of the fun of it, too. I, You know, as much as I said, hey, I like that second one that we tried, the best out of the three, if I walked up and blindly grabbed a bottle of any one of these, I would not be unhappy. It's, it's really a telling thing that you made the statement 
you go to your favorite restaurants, and some days the salsa is this. That is so Texas. <laughs> yeah. Some days the salsa is this way, some days it's well, that it way. Well, it depends on it's how so mad Abuela was when she made it. Up that's like. right. That's right. Uh, but, you're, you know, you're absolutely right. And with a, um, with a more boutique, can I describe you guys as boutique? Is that accurate? I think we use the word craft. Craft. Okay. So with a more craft... Uh, distillery or or a blending uh, blending company, and you also find, and we find this hugely now in craft beer, that different is better. And what I mean by that is, instead of just having the core line, coming out with something new and different, and go, have you tried this? Is where it seems to be in terms of what the what public is responding to and, and how marketing is working. I mean, you're seeing so many of these craft breweries now that don't even really have a core line. Well, that's like our whole thought process behind <laughs> Barrel. Um, Joe's Joe's whole process is he wanted everything to be cast strength. That was the one requirement. Well, I, I see no idea in our future that we're going to proof anything down we to like, 40%. We like Joe. Um, and um, the other thing was when you walk into a bar you walk into a liquor store and you say hey what do you have that's new joe wanted it to always be whatever the new batch of bourbon was right, whatever right, the new expression right. or idea of our our limited well, release was this makes it fun because you're setting up a quality expectation but not necessarily a flavor expectation right like a lot of people could they go buy that same specific bottle because they expect it to same that they expect it to taste the same specific taste every time they buy it and that's a good thing uh, for a lot of things, but it's kind of fun to be adventurous. So you know, if you go buy a barrel and it's a different batch than you had, it's going to be different, but it's going to be at least that good. Absolutely, right. absolutely. So that's that's a really. I think and that's, that's kinda, a cool way to do it. That's kind of how I explain to everyone this year. All of my devout barrel followers that I have found throughout the interwebs um, were very sad that this year we didn't put out a BCS line of whiskey or rum. But it's because we didn't have that quality of whiskey or rum to put it in that price tag value. And, and so we didn't thank make you it. for we not just, just yeah. Thank just you for not just some putting crap. something out right. to put it out. Right. I think that's important. It was. It was. We didn't have it, so we're not making it. If if we had it, we would have gladly brought it to everybody, but we didn't. So if only they the only felt thing the we had was the, the bourbon, and that's all we yeah. released for this year. If only they'd felt the same way at Dos Equis. <laughs> You know, yeah, I don't think they got yeah, the same. Yeah, memo. we got we got nothing. Okay, we'll put that pale ale out. <laughs> so I'm excited about the dovetail. I really enjoy uh, whiskeys that are finished in rum barrel and, and rum barrels, and this is finished in not only rum barrels but other barrels as well. Is that right? Right. And, so and, I always tell everybody, dovetail is our most popular, highest selling spirit. Mm -hmm. It's technically legally a distilled specialty spirit because we played with it so much that it's not a whiskey or a bourbon anymore. It doesn't really qualify as a whiskey. Um, So what it is is a 10-year-old Indiana whiskey that we finish in Dunn Vineyard Cabernet Barrels and an 11-year-old Tennessee bourbon that we finish in late bottle vintage port pipes and blackstrap molasses rum barrels. Wow. Wow. The molasses comes through big time. It's super sweet. It's, this it's, is it's so interesting. It's not so sweet that it's gross or, or cheap tasting, but wow. it's it's just enough sweet. You're right about the molasses, though. It's like way, way on the tongue on the finish. Yes. 
Yes, wow. almost almost like a rubbery kind of thing, but not in a bad way, as weird well, as that sounds. But if you think about it, a lot of the great rums have a almost rubbery yes, consistency. Yes. Or not consistency, but a rubbery sort of aftertaste right. or vibe or flavor to them. But uh, this is delicious. I can see why this is it's, one of your best sellers. It's very polarizing, though, because when you take a sip, it's not a whiskey that you expect at all. Like you, no. I don't know, unless you've tried this, that you can actually expect this. Now, we've right. had on the show before... And I think we gave it so-so reviews. I have since had more of it because I took the bottle home uh, and and wound up really liking it. And I'm talking about the Brixton Mash, which is from uh, Drew Estate, right. but their uh, beverage division, which is basically a mix of rum and whiskey. Rum and whiskey can do some very interesting things together, and the... The barrel aging on this really, really works in my opinion. It's interesting that you say that because I, I can drink rum and whiskey back to back. Right. You know, there's no problems going from one to the other. I don't like uh, uh, the big commercial spiced rums. Right. Those the Captain Morgan off, type right? of, yeah. But um, there's only one of them that I actually kind of like, and that's the Kraken. Kraken's good. Yeah. You know, I and feel that's, like it's a little bit different, though. I'm yeah, not it sure is what a little different. different. It's a black but, spiced rum. And by the way, Kraken and Diet Dr. Pepper can make for a wonderful weekend. Yep. That's all I'm trying to say. But but all that being said, I've never had a problem going from whiskey to rum, bourbon to rum. Agreed, agreed. Like rum just kind of plays friendly with If it's it. that mm -hmm. level of rum, yeah. that right. is what you're saying. Yeah, you yeah, don't want that like a, level of rum. A cheap yeah, yeah, plastic yeah. bottle kind of rum. Not El Cheapo, yes, for sure. He's got a picture cheapo. of a ship and a plastic candle. It's probably not. <laughs> 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 That's uh, not what ours is at all. Th that's that's called phoning in the rum. That, <laughs> <laughs> they get on the phone and say yo ho ho. <laughs> right. uh, okay, that was awful. Uh, so this is, I really really like. I, this is my favorite of all of yours that we've tasted so far. I think I, I really think it's uh, incredible and delicious. But you said it technically doesn't qualify as a whiskey. Is that right? Correct. So it's because what did you call it? It's a distilled specialty spirit. A distilled. Specialty so if you spirit. want to think of other DSS or distilled specialty spirits, you're thinking of like Angel's Envy Rye, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. like a rye that's finished in, I think they do port pipes or port barrels or something like that. Like and it. then uh, Maker's 46 is another one that's in the oh, same category. And see, I love Maker's 46. I have so. to be very careful when I say it's our best selling. I, f I feel like it's our best selling because it's the only thing that we've made consistently. Right. For very long periods of time. But maybe right. that's why it's like, your best selling because you've had it. Right. right. Like with our bourbons, we make X amount and then it's done. It's done, right. So, I mean, some of the bourbons could have sold more than Dovetail, but since we don't make them in but large batches. But it's a batch batches, and it's done, yeah. right. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, of course, Vatted Malt and Infinite haven't been around as long as Dovetail, so they could very well catch up at some point. So I try to be very lenient and careful when I say that it's our best selling. It's just because it's kind of been our only consistent thing. If it were your best seller, if, I would completely understand. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's delicious. All right, Ian, I tell you what, let's uh, do a little beer sampling here to round out the segment. While you are uh, opening up our uh, our IPA, um, you not should that. have it over there. Yeah, no, not that. <laughs> Actual not the Dos Equis. While you were opening that up. We secretly slipped Cruz the uh, Mexican oh, Pale Ale. Don't, don't. Just don't ever. Don't oh. ever. Um, while you were doing that, I will mention, uh, speaking of Mexican uh, beers, that according to Google Trends, uh, there's been a major spike in searches for, and I'm quoting here, Corona beer virus in North America, Brazil, <laughs> Australia, and parts of Asia and Europe, suggesting that 
Uh, people are concerned about whether or not Corona beer is to blame for the recent uh, viral outbreak. Um, to protect yourself against the virus, the CDC recommends washing your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds and avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth with dirty hands. Also avoid close contact with sick people and cover your mouth and nose uh, when you are sneezing or coughing. But they don't say anything about refraining from having so, a corona. Before I worked in liquor at all, I was a nurse. Yeah. And those are just very standard precautions you should be taking oh, at yeah. all times. Those are, those like, are things that's you just should normal do. Just, yeah. Thank you, this CDC. Is on how, a much, normal, how much of my tax dollar day. goes to you? Yeah, thank well, you. Well, that's like, you know, anytime here in Texas when it starts getting cold, they have a big news, like uh, a big news flash yeah. on, on the nightly news right. about like wearing more clothes. Yeah. <laughs> they call it bundling up. Yeah, but like, right, right. Okay, so what up. you do is you wear a t shirt and then you put another shirt over top and maybe even a jacket. That's good. That's or good. you can like, cover your head. Yeah. You oh yeah, yeah. You can wear like a hat. hat. Maybe like a yeah. knit hat. That, yeah. that might or or your on. grandmother from New Jersey has always sent you those big long things that she crocheted. The scarves. Yeah. yeah. You had no you idea what to do with them. No, you can yeah? use them. Yeah. I like no, to call it a neck blanket. A, a neck, neck blanket. blanket. <laughs> I love it. Forever from now on, I'm going to tag you on Facebook and call it neck blanket. So we're about to try Cloud Eight. This is from our friends at Eighth Wonder. Cloud Eight smells really good. Yeah, it really does. It's a hazy IPA from Eighth Wonder, and. They've got a couple of great IPAs in their lineup, but they have not made a hazy. This until smells now. like a fruity IPA, but it doesn't smell obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Oh, what do you think, Ian? It's mango. Mm-hmm. Remember that Saturday Night Live skit? Mango. I love you, mango. I love you, mango. <laughs> it's mango. It's very mango. It's, it's, uh, it's actually yeah. quite good. It's very mango. Yeah, it it's is. It's not is very good. carbonated. I it's also like that. very easy to drink. Sometimes the hazy IPAs are kind of thick and viscous, and this they're they're thinner mouthfeel. Yeah, yeah. This is thinner mouthfeel and kind of goes down very easy. I, I expected like it. it to be a lot thicker. Mm-hmm. I did too, especially from the nose. Uh, you know what it does? Is it it tastes like beer. <laughs> This is not a bad thing. No, but remember that IPA that, that you liked so much that I said was meh that didn't really taste like beer? This tastes like beer, you see. This this tastes like an IPA beer. Yes, I, I do agree. I didn't dislike that this IPA. This is like borderline of- to me not an IPA. Like it tastes so much like beer that I, yep. I, I wouldn't think it was. It's I, like a borderline not crafty kind of thing. Now, transparency. I kind of like, like IPAs. This, I like everything. In okay. certain situations, okay, like I'll I'll drink a super dark beer when I'm super depressed. Oh well, like I'll drink a. Well, IPA. you better get depressed because we're trying a barley oh, wine in the that? next segment that is going to like. All right, let's let's imagine you're escaping from a um, Russian prison, and someone I'm hands you this beer. Escaping from a Russian prison and somebody hands me this beer. Why are they handing me beers? I'm escaping. Is this going to help? I don't know. I'm my... just asking you so, what your situation would be. So if I'm if I'm idea. leaving, if I'm escaping a Russian prison. I'm going to keep the beer because I may need to trade it to someone later on to escape the country, right? right? Like, right. I don't, I don't know. And if you're that escaping I would drink a it. Russian prison and they give you <laughs> the Mexican pale ale, I just know that I'm dead. You, <laughs> yeah, you're done. You're toast. You're like, you're oh, life's done. over. Uh, like, maybe uh, I'll run across that one beer connoisseur in all of Russia that is collecting. Yeah, I got to have one of everything. Right. Yeah, maybe, maybe that could this, save me. This is good. It has a little bit of pine uh, resiny aftertaste, but in such a light amount 
that it's actually kind of a nice aftertaste. Um, Eighth Wonder. It, it tastes like a real deal IPA. Yeah. It's less juicy than a lot of juicy IPAs. Mm-hmm. There's this hazy, not juicy. I don't know. Right. Uh, um, they're interchangeable. This, I like is a, it. this is a good IPA. I have no problems with this at all. I like this. Eighth Wonder, uh, we salute you. Uh, we love what you do. Come be on the show. Uh, we will uh, We will celebrate your hazy IPA. Cloud 8. I don't know if it's limited or if it's a, uh, a full-time release, but uh, grab some of this if you're in Texas because uh, it's worth it. Eighth Wonder... Um, I, I love them for the fact that they put out a beer called Haterade. You gotta, it's pretty awesome. There, there's plenty of reasons to love them, and that is very, very high on the list. Yes, it is. All right, let's uh, let's take a break. We'll be back for the next segment. We have more uh, we have more whiskey uh, to taste, and we have uh, uh, a little bit of barley wine coming up. It's, barley wine. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back. It's smoking and Toastin. It is the radio program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, and also by BB Italia, BB Lemon, and the Annie Cafe and Bar. Welcome back to uh, segment four on the show. We have a couple of whiskeys to try, but first, a little uh, detour down Beer Alley. As I uh, share with you a segment, uh, Ian, that I was able to uh, to record in uh, Sarasota, Florida, at a place others may know of this place. I did not uh, until my friend Dave uh, took me there, uh, but it was called Oak and Stone, and it's a place where you are your own bartender. Check it out. It's smoking and toasting on location. I'm in Sarasota, Florida, at a really wonderful bar and pizza restaurant, by the way. Called Oak and Stone. You can see the logo on the glass there. I'm actually going to grab a couple of glasses because the cool thing about Oak and Stone is you pour your own beer. When you come in, you get your own wristband just like that, and then you use it to select and pour a beer. Let's go to the beer wall. Of course, I'm headed straight to the IPA area where they have the IPAs and the American Pale Ale. This is the big top brewing company from Okokobi, or Okobi, and it's got it's an American Pale Ale at 5.20, and that's the price of it. I've got the glass. I can hit that. It'll tell me a little bit about this crushable American Pale Ale with a balance top profile, and I'm going to try this. So I put that there. It says, "Oh, hi, it's me," and now it's time for me. I can pour myself a little taste. Or I can pour a full beer. I haven't tasted this yet, so. Oh, that's good. Really lightly hopped, but with a really nice citrus on the back. I like that. Of course, one of the great things about uh, this place is you don't have to limit yourself to just one glass at a time. I've got a second glass here, and so in honor of Ian, I think I'm going to move How about a quarter? How about a quarter? Let's try this one, and it's a peanut butter quarter from uh, Sagatuck Brewing Company. That's really good. Not too much peanut butter, but enough to give it a, a little bit of a rounded peanut butter quarter taste. Very, very good. Lots and lots of malt on this. 
again, this is for you. You would love this. I got to tell you, Oak and Stone, if there's one of these anywhere you are, you must come. 48 taps, they change them out all the time, and you pour your own beer. What could be better? Smoking and toasting on location. Cheers. And so the porter was totally for you. I mean, that was I was I was representing you, even nice. though you went there. Yeah, we, but we, you and I, you and I would have a blast at this place. We would. I feel like we would start at different ends and end up meeting in the middle and look like that scene in Lady and the Tramp, you know, with the yeah, spaghetti. Yes, yes, it would be. It would be something like beautiful that. Beautiful moment. It's, it's a little disturbing, but yes, beautiful. Um, no, but you know, they had they had a lot of stuff too. They had ciders. They had gozes. Like it was, it was a pretty well curated. Well, did you say there were forty beers? 48 beers. 48 beers. If you That's count a this, lot of selection. Beers and ciders, yes. Beers now, and out ciders. of curiosity, did you happen to notice how many of those beers were macro brewers? Um, I would say... Did they have all the usual suspects? There there were no macro brews per se. There may have been a few uh, macro crafts. Gotcha. Um, in there. That, in fact, I think I remember seeing a couple where I go, okay. but I'd be even, surprised if they didn't have, like, Blue Moon or something. Yeah, like no, that, there right? was no Blue Moon. It was all really? real. Uh, it was all real, actually. When I say macro crafts, I'm talking about, I think there were, there may have been one or two from breweries that have been purchased gotcha. by the the big guys but uh but yeah nothing nothing from nothing from St. Louis or Milwaukee I actually hmm. that I actually walked into a place and uh, while I was down there and I said what beer do you have that didn't come from St. Louis or Milwaukee <laughs> that's a, which is a good I thought I yes. thought that's not too it's not too snobby a way to say I'm looking for real beer please yes yes you know uh, and I had by the way a great and I'm going to have to look this up so I so I Get it right, and I'm going to have to track some of this down so we can try it on the show. But I had a beer at the airport waiting to like uh, get on the plane, and it was an IPA that I thought was delicious. I want to say it was called a – wait, I'm finding it. Here it is. Wait for it. It was a free dive IPA. Free I'll dive. have to look up okay. what the name of the brewery was. But I did look it up on my phone at the time and it was from uh it was from Tampa, so it was a, a local. Well you know somebody in Tampa that could delicious. send us some, right? I have I have a feeling I can make that happen. Yeah. I have a feeling I can make that happen. Uh smoking and toasting is uh at show number one hundred and seventy two, which means Ian that Madness. we're we're like halfway to two hundred. Halfway to two hundred. So now. I'm really excited about that. Uh and we are having barrel uh distilled spirits on the program and we've tried the bourbons. We then went to the dovetail, which is some sort of special distilled spirit that doesn't really fall into any category right. except for the category of delicious. <laughs> and uh, uh, and now, what are we uh, what are we doing? Jessica Kearns is here. She's the brand development manager for Barrel. What are we trying now? So we are trying the American Vatted Malt, which is new this last the year. The American what what Vatted Malt? Vatted Malt. So what is a Vatted Malt? Um, the term Vatted Malt is is extremely old. Okay. But if you do a lot of research, you can kind of figure out what it was. It was more of a blended malt, right? Just to put it as simply as possible. Okay. Um, and so what we did is we reached out to eight different um, kind of crafty um, single malt distilleries here in mm -hmm. the U.S. Mm -hmm. And we didn't, from what I understand, we didn't fully expect all eight to come back and unanimously beg us to use their products, but that's kind of what happened. happened. Wow, wow. Everybody just has such a respect for the transparency and the quality that we do at Barrel that right. everybody loves us and we try to love everybody equally. So um, we reached out to eight, and there's eight in here. 
Um, you have a little bit of, there's one undisclosed that I can't mention that's out of Washington. Um, but if you Google Washington single malt, you will not you be may, disappointed. You may stumble across it. Yeah. You, it is the only result. Okay. Well, so, <laughs> so, so why, uh, why would that be something that you wouldn't be able to mention? Is there a... So there's a there's some legality behind it, okay. like whether okay. you can actually say the name of it or whatnot. It. But um, they're weird up there in Washington. But State. one of the people that Love did you, not but. that did not make us sign undisclosed documents was Balcones here in Texas. Okay. So there's some Texas single malt. Well, you, you know can they can make some the serious single malt at Balcones. They make Balcones so much good so stuff. Good. At Balcones. Oh man, I, I I have a full collection at home. Love of all those little love short squatty bottles, and I, they're I so love cool. it. Yeah. yeah, they're so cool. They're, they're so good. I think yeah. my favorite is probably the uh, the French oak. Now, see, the rye wins all the awards, but I love the single malt. Mm. Oh, single malt. Oh. Just kind of depends on you know. Even teach just your a regular own kind of old deal. bourbon, you know, is is. It's really hard to go good. wrong with them. It really is. Right. It really is. So but there's some Balcones, some Harvest Hamilton, Debach, um, MGP, even. Even this, uh, Ian, this strikes me as something you would really like because it's a very malty. So this a lot is, of people that like scotches tend to gravitate towards this out of my whole this lineup. This is so interesting, and there's a flavor in there that I just can't quite get. Mesquite. Is that what it is? Is that from is the Delbach? You want it to be peat, but it's not? Maybe that that's flavor? it, yeah, and it's on the it's aftertaste. And, that, and is that the, that's the Delbach. So fun right? fact, we we blend this in the same batch that we blend all of our bourbons and everything else in and um out of that whole blend that huge batch that we make we use a five gallon bucket of delbach if you use anything more than that it takes trip, over trip joe and the boys said it just tasted like delbach with some filler in it <laughs> wow yeah this is interesting because it has that it's a smokiness it's kind of a right yeah, but it's you not you want peat. it to be peat but it's not peat and and then there's this chocolatiness, and then there's the mineraliness. This mm-hmm. is like so many things going on. It's almost like you can pick apart some so parts of that. Technically, this one is my favorite. It used to really? be Dovetail, um, but this is very much grown. And you can ask Will and the rest of the group. Um, I pull more samples of added malt than anything else, especially when I travel. Because my, my cup is broken. Your cup is broken. <laughs> I see what you're doing there. There's a hole in the bottom. I was like, oh, you didn't like it? Why are you pushing it towards me? My cup is broken. No, I have have more opinions to form. Okay, I got you. (laughs) It's it's interesting just how much is going on in this, though. Well, you're right. And to me, if I was going to smoke a cigar and and drink any one of the things that I normally have in my car, in my bag, I I always grab the vatted malt. Well, you're right about the cigar thing. You're like it tastes like it would stand up very nicely yes. and pair very nicely yes. with a lot of. Different and this cigars. is funny because I went to the uh, I went to the event the other night and my wife tried this and I didn't try this one. I had some of the dovetail and I had some of the rum, uh, but I didn't try this one. And you messed uh, so up. It's so interesting. <laughs> like I'm definitely gonna have to try this with a cigar. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. There's some so, sort of chocolatey one that yeah. that of course Alan gave me at his place that oh, I yeah, really yeah. loved with this because well, well, it kind of brought out the chocolate yeah. in the Vatimol. Uh, I will just say that generally speaking, and this is true for beers as well as um, spirits, the more maltiness there is, the more likelihood that it will pair with a cigar. Yeah, because malt obviously pairs better than hops. Yeah, the malt flavors yeah. do really well. And with that. and yeah, this is this to me is. About as malty as you can get uh, on on a, on the whiskey side. I, I think this is delicious. Again, 
There's been a lot of good things that we've tried here, but I can see why this winds up being your go-to. And do you know what the proof is? What is it? What would you guess it is? Oh, man. Um, you know it's going to be castring. So I yeah, have it next so, to me, and so, I can't look at so it now. So what, 100? <laughs> is it 100? 117. 117. Oh, wow. wow. And doesn't it taste like that at all? Like, that's what always gets me. Is I was going to say, it's, it's pretty it's, mellow for one. So my favorite so far is the 20 and the... And the vatted. Vatted, mm-hmm. definitely. I'll remember that when it's Christmas time. My favorite. Mm-hmm. Yay! <laughs> uh, what is that I hear? Sleigh bells? Right? I have a, I have Sleigh a, bells. I have a birthday coming up. Yeah. There you yes, go. You yes, you do. By the way, sure Tiffany messages me. By the way, I brought you a cigar. Did I mention <gasps> that? Ooh. Yeah, uh, I was with uh, Jeremiah from B&B, and he gave me a cigar to give to you, which I took home and put in my humidor and then brought a much cheaper cigar for you. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that I'll give you after it. the show. So. I'm glad you protect me from higher it. prices. Yeah, I, I don't want you to smoke. You know those expensive ones. You might really like it and yeah. then get. And you then know. I'll yeah. expect that kind right. of right, and then you lose all your money, and you know it could be a bad. Thing. That's another great <laughs> thing about working for Barrel. Yeah. My husband really likes is I don't have to buy Barrel anymore. Right. So it's one thing that I don't have to purchase. Oh, see, there that, you go. That there before go. Right, working right, for right. Barrel, I had to buy out of pocket and. Right. Right. I'm very much so one of those Pokemon people. I grew up with Pokemon, like red and blue on the Game Boy, and yeah. I got to catch them all. And that's kind of how my bourbon collection has always been, is I have to have all of them. So you were one of those people during the, the whole, during the whole Pokemon Go uh, experience that was out. Like I wasn't so much for Pokemon Go, because yeah. like, I had to get up. <laughs> and like, and I was to work. I was yeah. not sold on that. Yeah. Right? Like, like, okay. I got to walk around for this game. This game but I've sucks. always, I've always had like Pokemon Shield, Pokemon Sword, all of those games. Okay. Though, so, yeah. all right. And we're well, on our last one now. This is the Infinite Barrel Project, right? So, so. Barrel, by the way, is spelled with two L's, mm-hmm. uh, whereas the word Barrel is with just one on the end. Correct. So, so that's barrel. how you can tell it's Barrel. Uh, I have some people that shop at Target. <laughs> they like to pronounce it Burrell. Burrell. Yeah. But you notice you can pronounce car, uh, Target, Target, but there was never really any other way to pronounce Kmart. Kmart. Kmart? Kmart. Kmart. Nah. You had to put a little apostrophe in it. Kmart. Uh, yeah. Uh, that doesn't work for me. Uh, but I'm, I'm betting that the Infinite Barrel Project. So, Infinite Barrel Project, what does that mean? So we kind of did a reverse Solera process. If you know anything about rums and Soleras, mm-hmm. um, I always joke with everybody that somebody gave Trip and Joe the instructions to how to do a Solera. They read it and they drank a whole lot of the bourbon and then they just kind of did what they wanted to do and didn't follow directions entirely. Like um, so what happened is in February of 2018, we started the Infinite Barrel Project. It started with 18 different whiskeys from five different countries. And it has just progressed from there. Every time we blend and bottle it, we take out, just let's say, 10% and bottle it. That's the date that's on the front of the bottle. And then we add something new and different into it every time. So oh, it's going to be different every time. Yeah. So it kind of just, it's the so same it thing, but it's a little bit different. It evolves every time. It kind of, it doesn't go very linear. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like it's getting more PD every time. But it also doesn't get... Like lower proof, it or perpetuates in, like in a one yeast way or another. Yeah. So it's got your date that it was uh, bottled on mm-hmm. the bottle, and then it's got the actual bottle number. Right. So this bottle, for example, is thirteen seventy two. So is the which all of those out of the same date are going to be the same? Right. Right. right of course. But yes. 
But what I just like the bourbons to take a flight of the bourbons and see how those are completely different. It's super fun to take a flight of just infinite. I bet. Which when yeah. people when people come to my house, that's a lot of times they're like, I can guess any whiskey. And I'm like, let's go, bud. And I'll get one of my nice little flight boards out. I'll fill it with three different infinites and try to have them figure out what they are. And nobody's guessed it yet. I I like that the fact that you just have flight boards at your house is totally normal. Awesome. Yeah. Because I just have everything. I'm one of those people that I have to have everything. I have to have all the cool stuff. You mean it's not? (laughs) <laughs> Do you not have flight boards? I have in your a bunch house? of scrap wood that I can yeah. make flight boards yeah. out of. I have a flight well, then you're board. messing up. Oh, be like, why? Aaron and Jess got me a flight board with little uh, beer flight uh, glasses and put the smoking and toasting logo on it. I don't it think for I Christmas. have a flight That's board. That's fancy. Awesome. It was very fancy. Like I said, I, nice. I have fancy scrap wood. I should, I should make a few. Um, this is my favorite. Really? Yes. Of everything we've tried, this is my favorite. I like I'm it very, surprised. very much. Yeah. Why, why does it surprise you? Uh, a lot of people, it's just not their favorite. Like, they like it. Mm-hmm. I've just not had a lot of people that are just hands down, this is my favorite, I'm done. Don't get me wrong. Like, there were several that I thought were my favorite before we got here, but now this is my favorite. So tell me, why is this one your favorite? There's something about the flavor profile, the way that it blends on the palate, that um, it's... Let me see if I can say this without sounding like a moron. The, the flavors are tighter together. Sometimes you get the flavors, you get this one up front, and then you get the one in the middle, and then you get the one on the finish, and then you get the after. This, they seem more compressed together, but the way they combine and that flavor that you get right in the middle of the palate is really wonderful. And so that's... Did that make any sense at all? It did. It did. You're good. You're good. Okay. And that's what I was... was When I I talked about it earlier and I said there could be a lot of science that goes into picking which ones go in, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's probably science that goes into this. I don't don't feel like Joe and Tripp just go, okay, yeah, we'll pour something in here. Okay, now add this one. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's probably a lot more science that goes into this one than the batches of bourbon. Because the batches of bourbon, you can kind of do, and you don't have to be consistent. But see, I love the idea of the happy accident. And so I would pick the one that's the most... Sciency. So this one, favorite. this is actually the May eighth date. We yeah. have we have ones after that. I think yeah. there's a September thirtieth, if I'm if I'm not wrong. So May eighth has well over. I think when I counted, it was thirty six different whiskeys wow. from all, right. all across. So the I'm going to catch you up a little bit on uh, uh, Wiki Brian here. So Cloud Eight is was a limited release. Oh, I'm bummed oh, no. about that. So you don't get that all the time. Bummed Second about thing that. is. I think Can you get uh, it at the brewery, though? I'm, I'm judging from the way he's uh, pointing it out on here that he's disappointed that I don't have flight glasses and a flight paddle. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little disappointed. Okay. Well, I'm going to make I it. I thought it was something everyone else had. That's I'm, why I had to have it. I'll tell you no, what. I'm going to make. This is how he's going to one-up us all. He's going to actually make I'm it I'm going to make some, and they're yeah. going to be the most baddest, assest ones you've ever seen. Can I pay you I to make me wait. one that's I super badass? Wait. Like, I want one. Yeah, well, we'll see what we come up with. Yeah, my birthday's coming up later. This is going to be a project for the workshop. Sleigh bells, like, remember? I'll, ah, I'll remember you. You remember me, kind of thing. Uh-huh. Noted. Uh-huh. Noted. Oh, Noted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, it's absolutely. Um, Ian, what was your favorite? Uh, I'm sticking with the twenty. And the vatted are still my favorites. Like see, those, they were so good. Like those are so good. They would. The twenty was my first favorite. And then I was trying to figure out if I liked the batted the vatted better than the twenty, but then when this came along, it, it 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 knocked absolutely it out of the park. no that knock just, on, it's, it's on really the weird, infinite barrel. It's really weird because knowing 
because it's good. But uh, but those two, the flavor profiles on those just hit my palate in, in the oh-so-right way. All right. So i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take another break. We're going to come back for our final segment because we still have one more barrel spirit <laughs> one more. to try. And this is, again, my favorite kind of show. That one look looks like it has been tried before. Yeah. This is the private I have a full release. full one, too, if we run out of it. This is the <laughs> private release barrel rum. And we may need your full one because we're, we got some rum fans in the room. Namely, moi. <laughs> and, uh, All right, let me put the rum up on uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. Twirly Gig. Oh, let, let me get the, the full one. You don't have to get the full one. It's, you know what, Ian? We might want to put this on Mr. Twirly Gig, too. Oh, we got the beer to go, and then we can yes. put. Also, in our final segment, we'll be tasting the Smash Barley Wine from uh, Let's go here. Uh, from Tumbleroot Brewing. Uh, Tumbleroot is out of Santa Fe, New Mexico. Mm. Didn't you tell me, Ian, you had a friend from uh, a friend who so visited Santa Fe? We right? have a fan on the show oh. named Paul May. Oh, Paul, hey, and um, and he usually I haven't seen him on here, but that doesn't mean he's not watching uh, today. And he reached out to me asking me if we ever go down to um, uh, uh, um, to New Mexico. No, to the uh, the the. I'm I'm totally blanking on the shop right now. Uh, McCoy's. McCoy's, yeah. Downtown. The cigar place. And I, I said, well, yes, of course ago. I go down to McCoy's. Well, he reached out to me uh, on our uh, on our email and asked if uh, if he was gonna if we were gonna be anywhere around because he was gonna be in town. Now you, I think. Well, you were busy doing something else, and so I met up with him on that Friday. I sat down for a few hours, and and with him and Brad over at McCoy's. Love Brad. Yeah, I had a couple beers and hung out with them. They were really, really fun. Well, Paul uh, has uh, come into town from Santa Fe, and he brought some beers. He uh, laid them on me. He said, "Hey, look, these are for your show. I know you like." And one of them he brought is a barley wine. He said, "I know you love the barley wines." I was like, "You know." Can, I love the Can I just say I appreciate your dedication on behalf of the show. Yes, of actually I, going to a cigar uh, out of my way, shop, meeting someone, and had to hang out with nice people, hours. smoke cigars, drink a few beers, it's, and and pick up beers for the show. Again, it just I just sounds like a horrible job. I just appreciate. I, how where dedicated do I turn in my are. mileage? By the way. <laughs> 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 All right, we'll be back. While Ian gets his mileage report, uh, we'll be back. A final rum and a uh, final barley wine plus um, the uh, list of Cigar Journal's best buy cigars of 2019. We will share that with you coming up. It's uh, Smoking and Toasting, and we'll be right back. Yes. Um. <laughs> It's as you can we exceed right? expectations. Uh, go out the front door and then uh, pass the uh, right past the top. Don't if you hit the elevator, you went too far. Yeah, I told you, no problem. That's good. I haven't had any talk. On the beach in Hawaii. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 172, halfway to 200. Halfway to 200. We're, which we're very excited about. And uh, we are so thrilled to uh, be bringing you the program today and be bringing you the level of, you know, the level of quality that 172 should be displaying. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, it's easy to do that because we got Jessica Kearns on, who's the brand development uh, manager for Barrel uh, Bourbon and Spirits. And we're going to be tasting some more Barrel Spirits here momentarily. But first, Cigar Journal is a very widely uh, respected 
online source for cigar news and information and reviews. And uh, they, do, they do some great reviews. And they went back through their reviews from 2019. Went to the ones that scored really well, starting with 89 points and going all the way up to, I think, 93 was the highest. Uh, and they pulled out the ones and made a short list of the ones that were the least expensive. So I'm going to share this list with you, so, and you can plan some uh, purchases. I have a couple things to say about this list before it starts. First mm -hmm. off, brilliant, especially the fact that they're using the less expensive ones. Right, right, right. The better or the less expensive ones, because as a consumer, it's nice to have a cigar when I go out to mow the lawn that doesn't cost ten dollars plus. Right, exactly. You know, I mean, that's a that's a, and have awesome cigars, and there's a lot of great cigars that are well, under ten dollars. You were telling me you'd recently kind of gotten low in your humidor, oh. and all you had left were the super premiums. It was sad. so you're lawn mowing with like fifteen dollars cigars. Oh, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was I was actually doing that. I'd, I'd like to say that. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I actually did that yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really mowing through my super premiums pretty fast because that's all mowing I had left. through the but um ching. But you know, um, so. All right, so from the Cigar Journal list, here are the best buy cigars. And we don't have a price point for each of these, but these are the cigars that are less expensive yep. that scored in 89. The Arturo Fuente Double Chateau Fuente Natural. The A.J. Fernandez New World Connecticut yes. Bellicoso. Uh, the San Pedro de Macroy Ecuador Robusto. I'm not familiar with that cigar. Don't know it. Uh, the Alfambra Serie G Gran Toro. No the idea. Casa Cuevas Habano Robusto. The Coffee 1901 Connecticut Robusto. There you go, Howard Sandler. Great cigar. Uh, the Christophe Connecticut Robusto. Oh, those are great. The La Aurora 1903 Cameroon Robusto. Yeah. Uh, the Via Zamorano Reserva Number 15. I'm not familiar with no that cigar. Idea. Nestor Miranda Collection Habano Toro. The 2012 by Oscar Carrero oh, yeah. 60, uh, the Lionel White Toro, uh, the A Flores El Criolito Robusto, and the Reposado Estate Blend Maduro Robusto, uh, and the Don Tomas Classico Toro. I gotta say, I'm surprised to see a Don Tomas uh, yeah. cigar showing up anywhere with the 89. So that that would be something I would be like, I gotta check that out. Yeah, because last time I smoked a Don Tomas, it would have gotten maybe like a 18 or 19 <laughs> uh, as opposed out of 100 to, yeah as opposed to an 89 <laughs> so that's pretty good uh best buys with 90 points aj fernandez new world connecticut corona gorda the san pedro de mccroy brazil <coughs> robusto alec bradley's magic toast robusto yes. uh the alfambra Serie g magnifico alfambra uh cigar line that I'm not familiar with. I, I need you to say yet. that again, please. Alfambra. A-L-F-A-M-B-R-A. It's just fun to hear you say it. I know. Uh, <laughs> just because I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, the El Bruto FF2. The CLE Azbache Toro. The Diesel Whiskey Row Robusto. The La Aurora 1962 Corojo Robusto. The Marrero Fuerte Grand Robusto. El Centurion's Toro Grande, the Lionel P Series uh, 550 Robusto, that's, that's the second Lionel. Rocky Patel, Grand Reserve 60. Of the course. Vega Fina Nicaragua Ometape, and the uh, Villager, or Villager uh, Du Brazil Maduro Toro. There's a substantial amount of cigars on that list that I've never yep. tried. Yep. All right. And these last couple uh, are a little shorter category wise. 91 points. AJ Fernandez, New World, Cameroon. 
double Robusto. You notice the A.J. Fernandez New World is yeah, scoring is, is almost time, one of yeah. these in every category here. It's Undercrown Sun Grown Gran Toro. Yes. Christoph Pistoff, a yes. 6 by 60 uh, The Via Zamorano Churchill. The Nicaro Especial Toro. The Perdomo Factory Tour Blend Robusto. I haven't had that one. I haven't either. And the Balmoral Añejo XO Connecticut Rothschild Massivo. In the 92-point category, A.J. Fernandez New World Cameroon Toro. Surprise! Yeah. Uh, the Yespert Intenso Toro, which is also made yes. by A.J. It's a great cigar. Uh, Antigua Estelle Segovia's Maduro Robusto. Brick House Maduro Robusto. Cameroon, uh, Christoph Cameroon Matador. Mm-hmm. Oliva Siri G Double Robusto. Yeah. Oliva Siri V Maduro Double Toro. Perdomo Habano Robusto, Perdomo Small Batch t- 2005, Toro Especial Maduro, the Perdomo Factory Tour Blend Connecticut Torpedo, the Rocky Patel Tavacusa Toro, and the Vega Fina 1998 VF52. And in the best buys with 93 points, only two cigars, the Alec Bradley Blind Faith Gordo and the Flor de la Antilas Robusto. So there you go. That's uh, you can this, find this list at cigarjournal.com. There's a lot of cigars on there. I hadn't tried. Go. That's going to well, be that's going to become a cool uh, right. It's a great reference list for things to yeah. go and look for and try because you're like, okay, I may not have to break the bank in order to uh, try uh, some of the things that scored really, really high. Yeah. So, uh, so, and I'm really interested in trying. Uh, that Alec Bradley because I have not had the blind faith. I've had other Alec Bradleys. No, but it that makes really me think like. a lot of Steve Winwood. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, you have to be old to get that one. So it's rum time, and that's something that's that's a phrase that's often heard Rummy at my rum, house. Rum, rum, rum. That's a phrase, yeah, often heard at my house. So uh, it's rum time. This is barrels uh, rum. What can you tell us about the rum? And uh, I think you really like it. I can tell by the way you're holding the bottle. I absolutely loved when uh, Will and Joe came to us and told us about the private releases. So essentially what happened with these private release bottles Mm -hmm. was um, they took four different rums for completely different places, blended them in different quantities. Most rums are blended too. Right. Right. So not all of them. Not all of them, but but some. And um, more like most. And then after getting different quantities of the four rums, they finished them in eighteen completely different Casks, barrels, pipes, so what, what have you, you. So what you're telling me is you get a lot of different. So each one that you runs. find, yeah. each one you find is absolutely completely different <coughs> than the other ones that you mm-hmm. find. So which can be awesome, or it can be really frustrating if you find one you love. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right. So this one that we're trying today is the B650. So it is 65% Barbados rum. The rest is a blend of Jamaican, Martinique, and Guiana rums, and it's finished in a bourbon barrel. You should be able to find this in most uh, independent stores throughout all of Houston and Texas. Uh, favorite Brands, who's our distributor, was uh, nice enough to buy the whole barrel so that we could give some and piece them out through all different independent stores. Man, I love rum. Uh, Spex is, has a really nice B800. This is a very interesting very rum. Yes, it is. Talk it's to different. me about your, your thoughts, Ian. Well, remember earlier I mentioned that that rum can have that rubbery taste? Mm-hmm. 
and it's not that's not a bad thing. It's just mm-hmm. it is a rubbery taste. That's this has that like this is bouncing on my tongue. And it's banana too. And there's banana, and then there's molasses, and then mm-hmm. there's like very mineral water kind of finish mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. with it. It's very interesting, and it's a huge flavor. Like this is not a mild Fisher Price my first rum. No, not at all. No. The, <laughs> the flavor is just like this is huge. This You're is not, not gonna... the kind you put in Coke. No, it's, no, this, right, right. No. This this rum I think would overtake the Coca Cola if you tried to make a rum and Coke. <laughs> it would well, kick the Coca Cola's ass. Yeah, I, I agree. This is this is some pretty stout. It's rum. boisterous to say the least. Boisterous is a great word. Boisterous, yes. I just use that word to describe rum. This is such a huge, big, round-flavored rum. I don't, I don't even know what to say. I I've never had a rum this big before. Well, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Chris Hart's uh, navel rum. That navel rum, rum yeah. Uh, which is pretty big. Um, yeah. But that's a little more in your face. This, this is big. It almost comes back to you in a big way. Yeah, wow. this has a little salt kind of thing going on to it. Mm-hmm. It has a little. There's so many things. It's, it's a very complex rum. I'm going to say this just because I have a cold. Man, I love rum. <laughs> I don't job. think that's the cold. Oh, I yeah. think that's just always you think that's talking. Just always. Okay. No, but he did say it about an octave lower than he usually. Mm-hmm. Does. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's where the cold comes. He hits that. Yeah, he hits that. So, like late. I said, there's this there's, is delicious. This one is the B650. B650. Um, now, you mentioned that Specs had a B800. You were going to mm-hmm. say something about that. What's that like? B800 is 80% Barbados. So if you are oh. if you like to favor Barbados rums more, then that one may be a little more Cinnamon. in your style. Yeah. I like Barbados um, rums. I like St. Lucia. There's also a couple others in Houston that you could pick up if you wanted to. Um, I think Ryan still has theirs. Ryan's did a whole barrel pick. of. They mm-hmm. bought all of it. Um I'm not sure the percentages. I think it was a Barbados forward that's finished in the Dunn Vineyard Cabernet barrels. So just like the dovetail, mm-hmm. we finished the rums in the dovetail barrels in a sense. Cinnamon and currant. Yeah, oh, currant. Yeah. Oh, like a black currant. Yes. Yeah, like on the retro hail. Mm-hmm. Like, like this has so many things. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just sitting here exploring. So I really feel. I like know you're talking. I have no idea what oh, you're no, saying. You're I'm yeah. busy with the rum. Uh. <laughs> you're fine. My husband doesn't listen to me either. So I really feel like this is where spirits are really headed. That it's towards these limited batches, limited releases. Always, be, and the reason I think that it, that works is it becomes part of the story. We've talked a lot about this on the show about how the story of a spirit or a beer or whatever, uh, is a big part of the enjoyment of it. And when you've got something that's a limited release or it's 80% this or, you know, what, it, the, the story is more well-rounded than just like I picked up another bottle of Maker's Mark. Not to fault Maker's Mark. Maker's <laughs> right. Mark is good. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, the, there's more story yeah. when you've got something that's more limited. And I think that's, I think that's where everything is headed. What's well, like I I've told Nick Talamantes probably on multiple occasions who's uh, Four Ra- Roses rap. Four Roses, yeah, I, he's awesome. I absolutely love hearing him talk and tell the whole story of Four Roses oh, yeah, and yeah. how it could have been this love story and they've got letters from way back it's when. Awesome, and, and they've even got a book about the whole right. Thing. They've yeah. they've got this whole thing and this whole great story that goes along with Four Roses. And then somebody asked <laughs> me, you know, how did you guys come up with the name Barrel? Well, it played with search engines funny. 
to spell it with two L's. Like, I don't have this big elaborate love story, you know, thing. And then uh, people ask, Still well, how did, how did Barrel start? Well, Two distillers Joe, walked into a bar. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, Joe went to a distillery and had cast-strength bourbon and said, why doesn't everybody make cast-strength bourbon? And he started making cast-strength yeah. bourbon. Like, that's... We don't have this big romantic flowers and flower petals kind of story, but with our limited releases and our private releases, it kind of gives us an opportunity to see and to show you like what we can do blending wise. It just makes us so right. different and, and right. completely different than everybody else. You, and you know, I, I want to say this also about Nick Talamantes is that he's one of the nicest guys I've met in this business. For sure. He is so nice that if you have a show where you taste stuff and, and have guests on and you invite Nick on, and you mispronounce his name for the entire show. <laughs> Did you really? He will not correct you until after the show is over. Aww. And then he did it in such a nice and way. And then he does it in such a nice way, you're like, okay. What I'm did a, you do? I, 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 How did for you some say reason, it? Well, when I put it on my little you know note sheet that I uh-huh. do for the show, I left the L out. So I was saying Nick Tamantes instead Aww. of Talamantes. And then afterwards, he was just super and Nick like about that, it. Yeah, he, he just, just responded like, hey, like that was his name. It's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was uh, Nick. We love you. Your your four roses is awesome, and you're one of the nicest guys in the biz. Even if people leave the L out of your name, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, but you're absolutely right. There is a uh, um, there is a real thing to having the story. But the fact that you have these limited, you know, these limited creations. I think really does add to the story. It's like, okay, how much is, what percentage is this? What was this finished in? It gives what us something the, to talk yeah, about versus right. yeah, a love absolutely. story with flower and, petals. And if you're finding the spirit to be really interesting, it gives you something to expand on and, and figure out. I've know? always felt like Barrel was more geared toward the nerd or the geek mm-hmm. versus the storyteller. Because if you want to nerd out on different blends and different mash bills and different percentages that are finished in different ways, that's really what Barrel does versus a like elaborate, complex story that you could tell. Chris, Ian, what's you your? You still have a little of the rum. Uh, I'm, I'm don't know. There's if we that do whole that. bottle. Oh, we may have to crack that. There's bad that boy whole up. bottle. I want you to uh, take a sip of this. Yeah, I've been experimenting with it. You guys. <laughs> You guys have been discussing it. I've been <laughs> experimenting with it. Yes, and you, that's, that's I want what you you're to take known for. A, a, a small sip of this, mm-hmm. and I want you to hold it in your palate until it warms up to body temperature okay. and watch what oh, it we're does. We're going to Jim Murray this. Is that what it is? <laughs> have you ever been to a Jim Murray tasting? No, I don't know what that is. So when you go to meet Jim Murray, who wrote the Whiskey Bible, mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. is like a very profound and incredible person in the the whiskey and bourbon industry all right hold when you swallow little chocolate bitter chocolate little butter and salt definitely different yeah from what i got the first time and a substantial more heat actually yes a lot more again not in a bad way so i got i got a great opportunity with garrison brothers to go to their american bourbon cup and awesome. um, and Jim Murray was there, and we got to do a full Jim Murray experience. And part of it is you have to warm each bourbon or whiskey to body temperature before you try it. Which oh, in really? the cold of the months in the middle of nowhere, Texas, in, in the Garrison Brothers Distillery, 
we had buckets of hot water that we were dipping it in and holding it to our chests and trying to to warm it up like a little the egg thing, that we were trying to have. The things we do for whiskey. Right. It's, but that was we went through it with every single one. Well, it's so interesting. You know, I uh, usually when I get to know a whiskey, um, I know how I'm going to drink it. And a lot of times it involves at least one piece of ice because I like what whiskey does. I like the whole journey of, and I've said this many times on the show, uh, everybody on here knows this, but I like the journey of trying the whiskey neat. And then I like to try it cold because it masks certain flavors, but it also brings out certain flavors. Mm -hmm. So if there's any fruitiness in that whiskey, those kind of things really come popping out when it's cold. Um, And then I like to sip it, and I always, you'll see me uh, holding the glass, you'll see me palming the glass and making sure that it starts warming up. Because then you get the dilution of the water. Mm-hmm. And that adds that third element of as the water's diluting, I get to try it through the entire process and and get to taste the flavors developing. And see how it changes with a drop of water, yes. with two drops of water, with three drops of water, on and on. Um, and you don't have to have a lot of whiskey to do this. This is not like I'm slamming a bunch of whiskey, but a, a finger of whiskey in the glass, or you know, you can do this with a one ounce pour. It's pretty simple, right? You know. Um, but once that ice melts in, you do want to use a small ice cube, though. Once that ice melts in, then you get to try it as it's completely watered down and then warming up from your hand. And that's my favorite is going through that whole journey of trying whiskey through. Of how it just evolves through. Yeah, the how it just evolves. So if you like that, I'm going to tell you, before it sells out completely, uh, Carney Liquor up in spring picked a single barrel. It was a very limited single barrel, meaning it didn't have many cases. Um, for whatever reason, that barrel wasn't completely full, what have you. Uh, we actually, Eric actually came up with a genius idea to call it a split personality. <laughs> it tastes completely different from the beginning of that journey you're talking about to the end. Mm. There's like maybe 10 bottles left. But it is probably, I bought personally like three bottles. There was only like 45. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. The rest of so you So you're to blame. See, yeah, I <laughs> Part love of it's that. my fault. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it I, was so good, though, and it changes so much. Mm-hmm. From start to yeah. finish of that bo- of that bottle, that it it was mind blowing to me, and none of the other single barrels that that I've sold in Texas kind of had that that property that to effect. it. Effect, yeah, right, right. Um, which no. in all reality, it was part of our E series. There could have been other E series barrels that came mm-hmm. out that were that were similar, but I didn't get those because of when I started a barrel. So um, I was super excited about this one. I, I I probably bought way more than I should. Nobody tell my husband. But um, well, if I can't find it, I'm so coming good. to you. If you if you can't find it, I think Eric told me last night he had ten bottles left. Um, Ian, uh, that was a very subtle sound effect, but it very was. but very awesome. And uh, you know we do it. we do all of our sound effects uh, with a little very, machine, very high tech here. Yeah, I, I've as, noticed that. As you've as I'm sure by now I've, you've noticed. <laughs> well, we we either do authentic sound effects, which means to get the sound of me taking the top off of a bottle i actually will take the top off a bottle right and in the event that i don't have a sound effect that i need then i use a very authentic sound machine little uh, red sound machine yes and this thing has great sounds like clapping hands i want one of those just for my life right right just um <laughs> for my this everyday is one life of my favorites it's just a face with a big o yeah, you do I don't know why that's so funny you to me, but enjoy it's beautiful. That one. Yes. Some of them just keep going, like, uh, uh, where's the glass breaking? There we go. Listen. 
I, that was the largest piece of glass ever. That is like going. if you took a rack of wine glasses at like B and B. You know how they have a rack of dishes, mm-hmm. and you just fell down the stairs at B and B with it. Yes, that's what that noise. And is then from. one of my favorites. Yes, like that's what so cartoonish that? and wonderful. I don't it's know, like but a it spring is, yeah. out of a cartoon. Yes, yes. It's just that's a, a wily coyote spring. Yeah, yeah it's very yeah. much so. Yeah. Uh, that makes me so happy. a wily coyote reference on the show. That's awesome. <laughs> this one, this one is one for the books. Um, this is a, a very interesting barley wine. Ian, do you know a whole lot about this uh, brewery? In I know <laughs> absolutely nothing about this brewery. This, <laughs> this. Is <laughs> well, we know it's Taproot Brewing. We know they're in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and we know that your uh, uh, your fan on the show uh, brought you beers. Paul May brought us this, and he'll be uh, he's driving right now apparently, so he'll be listening to the show post show. Um, and he'll be excited to hear it, I hope, because he brought this and a few other beers that we'll uh, spread out over the next few shows to try. This is the Smash Barley Wine. Uh, it says Maris Otter Malt, Cascade Hops, and Whiskey Barrel Aged. Um, it is 11%. <coughs> well, yeah. And that is all the information you get on that Well, bottle. I can tell you that my first reaction to it, first of all, it, it tastes really good. It smells so good. It tastes really great. It is much thinner mouthfeel than I'm expecting a barley wine to be. I haven't tried it yet. I don't have to be depressed to drink this. And nothing chugging. <laughs> Remember what right. I said earlier, right. how you I need to be a little to be, depressed you, right. to like, drink something darker? You don't have to be darker. depressed to drink this. I, right. I don't feel like that. It smells like barley wine, though. It has that very raisiny or mm-hmm. date kind of smell. I'm going to New Mexico in March, I think, is okay. when my trip is planned. Or end of February. Last week of February, I'll be in... in New Mexico. I really want to go there. This is now. a brighter barley wine than I'm used to. It's very fruity, very dark fruity. Yes, and it, brighter is sweet. a good, brighter is a good way to say it. It's not as thick, it's but not it's as a, viscous. Yeah, it's not as no chewiness to it, and uh, <laughs> and it's more carbonated than I'm used to in it's barley wine. Very beer. much more carbonated than I would generally uh, even be accepting uh, with a barley wine. But it actually works with this. This has a this has a much brighter flavor than I was expecting in a barley wine. But it works. This is not a um, this is not an American barley wine, which hops the shit out of a barley wine and makes it right. disgusting. This is actually a, a little more of a traditional barley wine. There's enough it hops to brighten like a it up. Belgian flavor to it, it's, almost. Yeah, so. it, there's enough hops to brighten it up. But but it's not so much that it tastes like somebody tried to toss a IPA at a raisin. So <laughs> it's whiskey finished mm-hmm. age too, right? Yes. The whiskey it's barrel It's a age. barrel age finish, which also usually darkens the flavor a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this has just Usually such a, I feel like it's too much. Like it's maybe, like it yeah, tried it too hard. It's sticky on the right. end. Well, as sweet as this, this is, is, it doesn't finish that sweet. Right. Right. Either. It does have some sweetness to yes. it. Though. Oh, it's mm-hmm. very You're sweet right, right up front. It's very sweet. Um, You're absolutely right. That's delicious. But it finishes a little drier actually than than you would expect. Wow, and it's um, also it's a um, it's a pretty color. It's a very different barley wine though from others we've tried, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's a little redder than I would expect uh-huh. um, from a lot of barley wines. And again, Lighter look at color. the look at the lacing on the glass. Like it's for those of you who are just listening, it's actually lacing the glass pretty heavy. And by the way, by glass he means the plastic cup. The that's plastic harder cup, to yes. lace actually. If this were a beer glass, you'd be you'd be looking at some and lacing, lacing. For those of you who don't know, is the uh, the uh, the the foam that sticks to the side and kind of hangs. Kind of like wine has legs. Yes, kind of like wine has legs. So this is it's interesting. 
Um, this is kind of a fun barley wine. I would be very happy having purchased this and sitting down to drink it. Well, I would be very happy having purchased any of the bourbons that we've tried. The rum was spectacular. Um, what what a fun show. Jessica Kearns, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your barrel spirits with us. Everything we've tried today should be something you can find. Right. Uh, is that correct? Right. All right. Uh, so, I, so I love that. It's, uh, it's a... I can see why you have fans who are following you on social media saying, <laughs> hey, how can I get this? How can I get that? Right. Because there's some real care and meticulous thought process that's gone into how this blending has all worked out for each of these spirits. And it, it definitely shows because it's a quality product. It's not just something where, you know, you think sometimes of blended whiskeys like, oh, they just threw that together so they'd have a product while they're waiting on their distillate to... Uh, to age long enough to get right. into stores. And this is not that at all. These people are celebrating what they're doing with these blends. And I'm celebrating it too. And I think we all should. So, Jessica, thank you very much. Of course. Anytime. Uh, will you uh, come back when you guys have new stuff? Yeah. All right. Or just Will you just set a date and I'll stuff. come back every anytime. year and I'll have completely new stuff every year? I love it. You know, you can come That's back. That's part of any, the awesome thing. You can come back anytime. Let's, let's make it close love. to my birthday. We'll just do on your birthday every year. We'll have a barrel show. Ian's birthday with barrel. I like it. I like it. Uh, everyone, I'll thank you for uh, being a part of the program today. We appreciate it. Uh, next week, if all goes according to plan, we're going to be at a very exclusive uh, cigar club. For those of you speaking Spanish, oh. that's exclusivo. Yeah. Or, or uh, uh, el exclusivo means the exclusivo. That's right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we are looking forward to that. Uh, we think we'll be at the new Downing Street here in Houston, and we'll be with the guys from Emperor's Cut Cigars. And we'll tell you more about them next week. Now, I've never had one of those. Oh, I have, and it's pretty darn good. Nice. So I'm looking forward to uh, you getting to try it and us getting to uh, hang out at a place we don't have the money to normally hang out at. <laughs> so, I love that about this show. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things we get to do. It so, does. It makes it, uh, it enables us to. Uh, uh, absolutely. Thanks to Adam on the Wheels of Steel. Have a great week, my friends. And uh, Jessica, thank you again. Cheers. For yeah, thanks so for much having me. B and B, everybody. Have a wonderful week and uh, cheers. <laughs> <laughs>